Water Buffalo TM is back with another Buff Talk. Three, two, one. Hey, what's going on, guys? Old School Matt here. We're back with another Buff Talk. It's been quite a while, but I had to have a special guest on. A very important person in my life, someone I grew up with, a cousin of mine, Sergio Vera, Sir Jizzle on Instagram. What's going on, brother? <laughs> How's it going? It's good. It's good. I mean, um, first time we did a podcast together in our entire life, obviously. It's not very common amongst family members. Uh, it's like the first generation that people can like sit down and record something, and our kids will look back one day. I don't know if you're going to have kids, but... I really our, hope so. Yeah, you will. But our kids will look back one day, like how... We look back on our grandparents. Um, Can you imagine the, on their stuff? The and, like, their amount of records we could have had, like of our family oh, back I in know. the day. I remember actually one time in Peru. Um, you know those old, um, like in the theaters they have a film, yeah, and they project it. They pulled one out in Ica at Gilberto and um, Gladys' house, and they put it on the kitchen dining room, and they played like old footage. There's no sound or anything, so all you saw were like. Dio Carlos, my dad, Dio Richard, like really? little kids running around, like horrible quality photos. But just seeing it was like, imagine if we could hear the conversations they were having and everything. It was video or it was photos? It was videos. Videos. I mean, it's like a bunch of photos put together in a loop, but it was like, I don't know how they filmed it. I think it was one of those like, you have uh, to like spin it okay, or whatever. Okay. And it was just like a... Because yeah, it had to be mid-60s because they were still three, maybe five years old at the most. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's we were like the first generation, maybe not the first, but one of the first that can get on in a studio or a room in a house and just have a conversation. And then one day our children or our grandchildren will look back and be like, Oh, so that's what he was like. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, I realized that the other day, I'm like, I have a pretty big digital footprint online. I have a lot of videos out there that one day will, people will look at. And I'm like, I need to start getting some physical, like print out some actual photos. Cause I don't have many. I think I hate that about like everyone's having cell phones or cameras on their phones. Like, I feel like a lot of people never have the opportunity, or not the opportunity, they just don't print anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And, like, all you see is, like, oh, look at this photo, and you show them on the screen, or, like, they send it to each other, but there's never a physical copy. And it's like, you can read a book online, or you can read an actual physical book. It always feels better, Yeah, in my opinion. I don't know. No, you're right. I mean, I thought about it the other day, like, what if the whole internet just collapses, and or, like, the, <laughs> some sort of, like, <laughs> nuclear war, everything will just kind of disappear. I mean, probably not, but... Like if if an asteroid were to hit the Earth and everything were to go to shit, the internet was down and stuff. Like, I, I guess far fetched idea, but do you ever think that's a possibility? I mean, I guess with the Bible, you might think it is, but um, like, I don't believe it. So there's an anime called Doctor Stone. Okay. Um, where some random stuff happened, everyone turns to stone, and then it, a few people start waking up. Um, after like thousands and thousands of years, I think. Okay. And. And this is this is just a cartoon someone came up with. Is it based on a book? It's probably based on a manga. Okay. Um, manga is a book. Yeah, it's like the comic book. Okay. But yeah. Um, and then like one of them is a genius, uh, who understands how the whole world works. So he starts moving through like the different ages of like the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, and like trying to develop society yeah. back to what it used to be. Okay. And I'm like, and I remember hearing like another like, I'm gonna say conspiracy theory, but just a random thing out there where. Egyptians were like more highly developed people and then something happened that killed off a lot of them so they had to like the few people who might have survived had to start over yeah I've heard that too before I've seen like the documentaries about uh the possibility of the what's it called the pyramids being created by like uh, do you believe that I don't know I don't know you inform me 
we didn't have really much what we want to talk about. We we're just going to have a conversation and just. I don't. Footprint, but, uh, I don't yeah. believe it. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a possibility, just like anything could be. But I don't believe in it. Why? I, I thought there was a lot of like, fi- like you see the that book behind you. There's a book that's called Fingerprint of the Gods. Yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard of that guy, Graham Hancock? I think, I'll, I'll be completely honest with people listening and you. I've never even read that book. I bought it because I was like super, like, oh my god, I'm gonna read this book, and then I just ne- it's so fucking big, I didn't realize how big it was. But apparently, in that book, this guy he's a geologist or something, I don't archaeologist. And he just talks about the different possibilities of the uh, pyramids and the different creations of the Egyptian civilization being from like a, has to be from a higher power or like some sort of extraterrestrial. I never read it, but it seems very interesting. I don't know too much about it. I just know that there was very heavy, like the blocks are very heavy, right? Yeah. And that's like why people think that humans couldn't have created it. I mean, I think it's what they say is the the stone that it came from was like hundreds or thousands of miles. I don't want to say thousands. I would say hundreds. Of miles away, so they uh, had to transfer it from wherever it was, all the way to where they built it. And yeah. Then on top of that, to get to the top of the pyramid, they said if they use like an incline, they would have to um, build a ramp that's like several miles long because of the fact that they can't go like lift it up. Basically, it's way too heavy for each stone. Yeah. But I mean, so you have hundreds of years to build it. I think they built it like over decades at least. Yeah. Um. And on top of that, they had slave labor. That's what I. That's what I tell people too. Or I got. I think one of my friends had this conversation with me. He's like very conspiracy. Talks about like aliens and stuff. Um, and I think I told him. I said, you have to think about it. these people were, were probably enslaved that did it. So like when someone's life is like literally on the line, like they'll they'll yeah. probably figure something out. I don't know though. I don't. I've never been there. I've never had to experience like the actual scenery of of what it looks like and how massive it actually is. But I know it's. It's pretty big. Katita went. Yeah. Did you, did you ever meet Katita? No. So that's my great grandmother from my Magdalene side. Okay. And she came back with all these like Egyptian like art not artifacts but like little souvenirs. Yeah. And I was like, man, she's like in her eighties over here traveling the world and yeah. checking out all these things. Would you Would you ever want to go? Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't been to any other continent other than South America. Really? Yeah. yeah I, and I've been dying to go to Asia. Haven't gone to Europe. Haven't gone to Africa. Um, and the thing is, like, working where I work now, up north. Nantucket. Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, uh, J1 students. So a lot of people from Bulgaria, Romania, um, Serbia, all these, like, international countries. So, like, now I have, like, people that I know over there. Mm-hmm. And then the restaurant I work at as well. Um, a lot of the wine producers also, because we sell enough wine, a lot of the actual owners of the wines come over um, themselves or they send vendors to inform us about the wines and they're, like, they're like, if you ever want to come over, just email me. We'll schedule you guys a tour and everything. So it's that's a really cool thing. That's something I wanted to talk to you about. And uh, some people find pretty interesting. I find it pretty interesting. The only person I know that works out there. And it seems like it's like this like uh, enchanted place, Nantucket Island, right? I hear about it online. Everyone talks about it. Yeah, It's like this one place that only the rich people go, which is pretty true, I would say. But, I yeah. mean, uh, you can fly over there. They don't have, like... Someone at the gate, like, hey, how nah. much money did you make? I mean, they have ferries <laughs> and boats and whatever, but... How is that? Because you've been doing it for, what, five years now, at least? My first year was 2016, and then I did the past three years. So, 2021, 22, this will be 2023, so four years. Okay. Yeah, how'd but... You, um, how'd you get into it, and how'd you... What is it about? Um, So, I work in restaurant business. Uh, I've done it all. Kitchen, front of the house, I've... 
bartended, served, ran food, expedited, whatever you needed. I've done it, probably. I even washed dishes. It was never my title, but I didn't care to jump back there and, and do that. But um, knowing certain people, uh, like when you move up in a certain industry, you see where people go. And I was always wondering where in the summertime half the staff went, um, especially like if you work in Palm Beach or just places where there's money. Um, a lot of the clientele also leaves. So when they leave, you ask where they go. And a lot of times, summer times, it'll be either Montauk or Nantucket. And then winter times, uh, it's either down here or uh, Aspen. Aspen something I've been dying to do. Um, but so, so is it like a club where you have to like know someone to get in? Like no. To the restaurants? Or oh, like for restaurants? Um, yeah. It's a lot helpful. It's a lot, definitely very helpful. What um, was the first restaurant you got into? So I was working in Palm Beach and then... What the I don't know if this is what customary, but the way it happened for me was the owner of the restaurant, they scout, I guess, and they go to Palm Beach uh, restaurants and just see, you know, people that you would want to work for you. And then they kind of just offer it to you. Um, and so, like, she was very nice. She spoke to the managers, like, hey, do you have anybody you recommend um, that would want to leave to go to work for me in the summertime? And then the manager recommended me and um, so I spoke to the lady, and then she brought me up. But then uh, years after that, so this is after COVID, it got, like, really slow. So after the whole quarantine crap, um, Florida got really slow in the summertime, um, and everything was opening up finally. So I guess everyone started leaving Florida again. So, like, the summertime here was super, like, slow, and I got I got really bored. Okay. And I was like, I don't, like, not, like, I feel like I'm wasting time when I'm not yeah. making enough money. Yeah. It's like a certain hourly wage I'd like to get paid. Yeah. And when it doesn't meet, I'm like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, so eventually, um, I texted one of my old uh, coworkers that I worked with on the island in Palm Beach. And I was, and I knew she was one of the managers up there. And I was like, would you guys hire me if I decided to come up? And she's like, yeah, I just find housing. So, really? yeah. Um, Is I, it like they need help or? Um, she knows uh, my work ethic and like how well I work yeah. and how I'm able to like fit in anywhere. Because I guess I've done it all. So like. She knew that if she needed me to run food or expedite something in the kitchen or even if I needed to prep something, they wouldn't never use me in the back of the house. But if they needed me to do that, they knew that they knew, sorry, they knew that I could. So they're like, yeah, we would love to have you, but it's just the housing. It's, it's a crisis right now. Did you ever get any like certifications or go to school for, for chef, like for cooking? For cooking? No. Um, I honestly don't think you need to. I, I think it's a cool title to have, like with most things, it's all about experience. Um, okay. And it sucks that you have to like pay money to show that, you know, you know how to do this. But a lot of the people that work in restaurants, they start at the bottom and you just work their way up. And then, like okay. I said, it's knowing people. Yeah. So when you show them what you can do and then um, you meet people and like th at these fancy restaurants, people are ask, oh, who made this dish? They'll just ask. And then um, you meet like these crazy people. I don't know. Um, you can showcase your stuff as well. Like if there's like food and wine festivals. Uh, a lot of times, like I met Cafe, the owner of Cafe Balud, um, Daniel Balud, okay. at Palm Beach Food and Environment Festival in his past season. That's who I worked for. So it was like a networking kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't meet him through there, but it was just like funny that I went to the Food and Wine Festival, I think 2015 uh, or, or 16, and I worked for him for the first time this year. It's like years later, but I know that another guy worked for him directly in New York, and he's at Crew now, which is the restaurant I work at in Nantucket and just like meeting people like people uh 
there's a lot of pri- like private chefs now. Okay. It's like That's a big, big thing. right? Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's for like developed people. They don't ever like to clean or like text the kitchen. Like you go into the kitchen, it's like never touched. So these people like just hire a chef for like a day or two or I want to be in town for like two weeks and I mean, you cook for myself and my kids and I, we all have different dietary yeah, needs. So I understand like if you're the mom you would, or the dad, you'd be like, I don't want to cook four different meals because everyone's picky yeah. and they want their own thing. But if you hire somebody, they come in and then they do that. So he worked for Dana Balloud and he, uh, through other chefs, like he, the, a friend of his owns like a company that um, basically, uh, what do they do? It's like a... I guess, like, you hire people onto an app, like, oh, I'm interested in cooking for these dates. So it's like an Airbnb, but you rent a chef, basically. Oh, okay. And he's like, he I need people in South Florida. Yeah. And he's like, I need people in South Florida in, in the summertime or wintertime for him. He's not really doing much. So he's like, yeah, I'll come down. And he okay. just came down and, like, they get paid handsomely. Like, it's, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, a friend it's, of mine who's yeah. a chef, he makes so, well over six figures. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, it's just who you know and then how well you work and then how well you manage. I think the hardest part of that industry is managing people yeah yeah like i, I did managing and i hated it it's an interesting uh industry right i don't know much about it i have a couple friends and uh, you're my cousin obviously you guys are in there but there's a difference between working at like uh, olive garden or working at like a high scale restaurant right yeah. like there's like a different pressure i was going to ask you about that like working with those high net worth individuals pretty much 99 percent of the time you're serving um how is that like just is it stressful is it i, I fun find it, i find it fun yeah i find it annoying yeah. i think but I, I think so i think in both styles of restaurants you have the annoying people the thing that makes it worth it is like if you get paid more because you know yeah. i don't care at a certain point i'm gonna put up with a certain amount of oh shit assholeness or whatever just because of the money's there but yeah. at a certain point i'm always like i there's this level of like respect that i i feel i demand and I'm like, if you don't want my services, that's fine. I'm not going to worry about it. But I remember my first three years, I, I was like always running around, like, my head chopped off. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Really? Super stressed out all the time. And then, like, I think I just didn't have, like, I wouldn't say self-confidence, but maybe it was. It was just, like, I didn't think I was as good as I was. And yeah. because of that, I always felt like everything was my fault. But I'm like, in a day, if I put the orders in right or you know, I know the food, which I definitely, because I love to cook, I knew the food. Um, if the kitchen's delayed, it's not my fault. There's nothing I can do. So why am I stressing out about that? If the customer wants to get mad at me, it's not my fault. You have stress going on in your life. You want to put it on me? That's fine. But at the end of the day, like, before I would put all this, like, pressure on myself, like, oh, Lord, they're so upset. It's not me. Yeah. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. So um, I think it was, like, literally from one day to the next. After that point, like, I always felt like, Whenever I would serve, like, I'm going to do my best. But at the end of the day, if I can't do it, it's not my fault. Is there know? a pattern in the people that you find that are, like, assholey? I'm curious to know if there's, like, so a... It's actually funny because, um, I don't know if it's, like, a kept secret or not. But it, the same clientele, since they're down here and up there, they're completely different personas. I think here in Palm Beach, it's a lot more, like, flashy and showing off and business. Yeah. So people are always, like, trying to one-up each other. Okay. So if you see somebody order like a bottle of wine, they'll ask your server, excuse me, um, what they order over there? And they want to like make sure really? it's like, yeah, really? that's what it feels like. They, they've done that before? They've done that. Um, and that's just what it always feels like. And they always come like really posh and like, you know, dress shoes, whatever. Um, but then the same people who are up there, they're in flip flops, shirt, like half unbuttoned. Yeah. They're in vacation mode. It's like, I'm here for the summer to enjoy myself. I'm not 
trying to worrying show. about yeah so they order whatever they want they do spend a lot of money still but they're not it doesn't feel like that as much um but i think over the past few years i've been noticing that there's a lot of like new money so like a lot of more new yorkers are coming up there um and i think nantucket as a whole is a very traditional um they like to keep everything how it was in the past it's like a, i don't know if you know but it's like has a long history of like Moby Dick was inspired by it or it was written about it as well. Um, so like that book comes from Nantucket or like a big whaling uh, island, I guess. That was their industry. They would uh, hunt the whales and get the um, the fat for like candles and whatever. Um, and, okay. meat. and so like all that rich history is there and they want to keep the island to look as much as it did way back in like early 1800s or whatever it was. Um, and then just through the years, like, a lot of... Because it's so hard to get to. Like, it's, it is an island. All the property is super expensive. So, like, all these people and, like, investors from New York and um, just new money is coming into there. And they're trying to change it to make it more like New York. And they're like, we want to keep it how it is. Like, there's, yeah, like, there's like, like, no DJs. There's, like, we don't allow DJs after a certain time. Um, like, keep it, like... Like, keep the pace. Like, yeah, calm. like, we don't mind live music. We don't yeah. mind... Stuff like that, but we don't want like a techno club and like yeah. I know there's stuff in like a new money there that um I mean I hope this doesn't get too popular because I don't <laughs> want to get in trouble, but people would like pay fines like every night, like they'll have a DJ. Oh, okay. And they're like, We don't care, we'll pay the fine. So okay. they're still going against the rules and they're changing more and more um younger, newer Oh, money. they want that like, yeah when you say it, younger money, you mean like twenties like, like, like late twenties, early Well, 30s? I, all I mean is like they're the first times they're the millionaire. It's not like our old uh, traditional, like I, I know what you mean. Like their family comes yeah. from from wealth, or they won the lottery or something. You know, they, like yeah. they were they don't know how to act with money. Sometimes they just spend money and they don't yeah. like if they still make it good for them. But um, I, which is like in a way I don't know. It's your money. Do whatever the hell you want with yeah, it. Yeah. In my opinion, but also it's like I feel like you know like when you come from like religious household, yeah. you have to, you have to pretend sometimes to be like a lot more courteous than you really are. And so, like, I feel like it's kind of like fair. that. Like, when you're rich, and people know you as that rich family, it's like your your name. You have my last name. You better, you know, behave and yeah. act a certain way. So those are the ones that are like the the the, the ruder rich people per se, or down here, yeah, um, okay. the ones that have been rich for a while. But the thing is, like, when you're really rich, I feel like they're the nicest people in the world. When so you're super like stupid rich, they don't like care. A, yeah, there, there's like a, a level of like yeah, it's getting it's, rude. it's like the low ten millions. I feel like those people are like the, the biggest assholes because they're like they're still like worried about every nickel and dime, but like yeah. when you speak to like billionaires, they're like, "Bro, charge me whatever the hell you want." Yeah, I'm I'm stress free. Do you know? Yeah, at some point, they yeah. don't worry about anything anymore. Yeah, like I, I remember um, in Palm Beach, I deal with some guy who's a billionaire. He does, I think, like uh, what's it called? Like when you start companies. Or you invest in a company. Private equity, venture capital. Yeah, yeah, he does that. Um, and so he's he's every day. He's in sweatpants, a t-shirt, flip-flops, comes down, orders his food, really chill, and goes back upstairs. He, he doesn't dress up. He doesn't yeah. care. He doesn't have to wear Gucci or Louis, whatever the hell people buy Are nowadays. you a flashy person? Like, I think I, I like to look good, but I don't care about the brand name. Yeah. Um, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm not at all but i'm wearing this fucking whatever but i don't like i'm like the simple person yeah. too if if i ever get to that level or i don't know if i ever be a billionaire but i hope that i'm keep it humble and like what i wear and stuff i don't really like flashy stuff i don't like name brands no 
I know. I don't. I mean, if it's good quality, that's all I care about. But I feel like a lot of times people buy the name brands to show off, and it's like that's like the biggest thing. I think um, when you're really wealthy, you're not buying Fendi or whatever the hell. Yeah. And like, especially you don't buy the Fendi that has the propaganda all over yeah, it yeah. to show off that it is that. You know, yeah. um, they're a lot more like low key if they were to buy it. So uh, a guy I worked for for my graduation gift, uh, he got me a couple custom suits that were probably well over a couple thousand dollars each, which is not that expensive compared to what you, very rich. But at some point, like, uh, I remember asking later, I'm like, I don't see any logos on here. She's like, yeah, usually when you buy more high quality stuff, there's not like yeah. any branding. And I, yeah. like, I was like, so at the time I was like, oh, that makes sense. Usually like the people that have Gucci or at least at Fendi, they want people to see the logo, which is like, kind of takes away from the, like it's more of a flex if like you have a really expensive suit on but no one really knows that you have one on than trying to like the cool thing is i think when you're in that sphere i don't really care about fashion so like when you're in that sphere though like you would know if it that if it is that without yeah. having the logo you're like oh i know that it's yeah you know whatever but gotcha i'm just curious about the suit do you still have them or no yeah i do is the inside real nice yeah oh yeah. man yeah i like suits that's one thing i used to like really right, bang, hold on but, stay here real quick i'm gonna go get it when you're okay, so I'll ask this. I was gonna ask you this anyway. When you become wealthier, wealthier one day, or assuming that you get to a level to where you can go out to like Nantucket and stuff, how do you think you'll act as like a rich person? And that was a tough question because we all say that we're gonna be like, you know, like, nah, bro, I'm gonna give money here. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Like, I don't know. Do I'll be giving money, but I think I'm still gonna be me. Whereas, I feel like for the most part, I'm very easygoing, yeah. laid back. So. I think it just comes down to like if you spend a certain amount of money on certain things and you're paying the price for it, you expect it to be of a certain quality. So if you don't get that, then I might, you know, I'm not going to get angry and yell or whatever, but I feel like I'm just going to be like, yo, this is not. You're talking about food? Food or whatever. If I, like, let's say I, I am building a house and I feel like the quality of the drywall or the stucco or whatever the fuck it is. Sorry. Yeah. I can't curse, right? No, you can. Okay. Hey, do me one quick favor though. What's up? Move that mic away from the table. Cause every time you talk, keeps like shaking. Is it like t- tight on to something? Yeah. The blue. Yeah. Just every time you, you talk, it's just like, you can balance it out. There we go. That better. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but so you were saying, Basically just, and I feel like I'll be like this too, in a way, like if you're not, and I've seen this in some of my friends, I don't have the same exposure towards rich individuals like you do, um, like the volume amount, but I've seen that people that I know have come from generational money, they don't necessarily care as much as for their dollars, as much as people who may have like struggled and then made it like. You know what scares me though? I feel like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the workaholism and parents where they're not there for their kids or something, but I definitely see like a lot of detachment some, sometimes in, and I, in rich individuals. Yeah, and Me I don't, too. I don't, I don't yeah. know if it's just them, and I'm generalizing and thinking of it as a whole. But I feel like a lot of these kids, they're like abusing drugs all the time, like heavy. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, bro, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's not my place to like, you know. Yeah, I, I care you. about people. It doesn't matter who they are, but it's just like, I don't know if it's like, do you realize? you're going overboard with it sometimes like it's almost like every day or it's like do you need help i don't know i found people that come from money or that have like like their parents have money and then maybe their grandparents have money you can kind of tell in a way um a lot of them are like a lot like like their emotions 
aren't as in line with my emotions in a way. Like if I give them like a compliment, they kind of just ignore it and kind of like, they're a little bit more harsh. I don't know. That's the people that I've dealt with in my small circle of people. I'm not trying to make a generalization, but I feel like I Do can't you think really that it's the fact that they have the money to buy the drugs or do it in a safe space where they feel I'm not talking about drugs but <laughs> oh well for me I'm saying okay, okay. going back I'm sorry I thought no, you were as well because we were talking about that but like no I mean more like if I'm talking to somebody who I know comes from money and I'm like like I give them a compliment like like damn bro like that's a like they just got a new fishing pole or something or yeah. whatever alright that's a really nice fishing rod like if someone told me that's me I'd be like oh thank you bro like I appreciate that and like there's like nothing like it's just nothing to them but like hey bro you have a really nice car it's like I think no, emotion. I know for myself at least. I've been told many times by close friends, like, take the compliment. Like, usually, when someone compliments me, if, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm working on figuring it out why, but I know for a fact that I always joke about that compliment, or I, I don't know what I do. I just I don't ever accept it. Okay. And and uh, it's, and I don't know. I don't I'm definitely not from multi parents or anything. Yeah. So, um, I'm just trying to figure out why now. That's crazy. No, I mean, the reason why I was saying that is because I feel like at some point, if your family's successful and there's some sort of like father's working a lot and stuff, and it comes from a cultural thing too, so I don't want to overgeneralize here. So I'm not even going to talk about rich individuals or not, but more like a cultural thing when I see there's a little bit more like coldness in like certain individuals. And I've just found that to be more in individuals that come from a little bit more like money in a way. I don't know if that if what I'm saying makes sense. I'm not trying to be like, I, and I've, I know some wealthy individuals that are the nicest people in the world, but like that, you know, I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Like, I think I do. Um, and uh, the reason why I, w- I was trying to get to a point, a conversation we're having is like people say that I've heard this that when you become wealthy, you kind of accentuate a lot of your your traits. So like, if you're a really nice person, you're really like friendly and outgoing when you become wealthy or if you become wealthy, you accentuate those traits and the same goes for some other things in life. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I never heard that, but I can, I can believe it. Like if you're an asshole and you become rich, you're going to be a bigger asshole. Kind of like when you're an alcoholic, if you have a certain emotion before you drink, I guess you tend to make it worse or better. So you're you're already in a euphoric state before you start drinking. You tend to be happy the whole time or if you're pissed and you start drinking, you probably get worse. So I guess it's kind of like that. But I've never heard of that. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but it's a it's an interesting like dynamic when you don't come from money because I mean I'm, our parents, my parents did fine for themselves. Your parents did fine for themselves, but we didn't come from like obviously we weren't rich. Um, I would say like it's when when you sit around individuals and you've been around more rich individuals than I have. Do you ever feel like left out in a way? Like you ever feel like oh I'm like kind of an outsider all the time? Yeah, all the time. And and I feel that too. Uh, I even have like close friends who are like really well off, and I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's the money, or I mean I guess the money kind of makes it where I feel like I don't know how I fit into this. Ah, uh, yeah. Same like way. it's like I we don't have the same experiences or whatever, yeah. and I'm like yeah. you know like we like each other, we're cool, but also like I can't relate, you know. So that that's like the hardest part for me. It's like. I don't know. Or, or or maybe it's for me, it's like, I don't know if it's ever jealousy. I don't think it is. But maybe like a like deep down inside part of me is like, I am jealous. And so like I have some bitterness. And so I close myself off more. 
I, do, I, I, I try not to be jealous of anybody. Obviously, we're here. I, mean, I try to, also, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it is that, because, like, I always wonder, like, why is it that, that, is, is it the whole, like, I can't relate to your life as much? Or is it something else deeper down, and I don't know what that is? Well, in a way, I try to always be like, like, I feel like the, uh, I try to be the same around everyone I hang out with. I try to be as genuine as I can, whether I'm hanging out with a homeless person or hanging out with an ultra billionaire. But that's the thing. Like, I, I like to. I like to try to like talk to people's strengths and stuff. And when I've hung around individuals that I know have money, um, whether that be like around my age or just older individuals, the compliments I give like, Hey, like I'm not gonna use names obviously, but like X individual, like you did a great, like you're doing a great job at like whatever business you're running, like, like good for you. Like, you know, trying to talk to appraisers and just get to know them. Like, or I talk to somebody who just works as a, I don't know, a gas station clerk. And I'm like, bro, you're doing a great job. Like I'm just trying to be positive, be nice to them. The people that, don't have the money I've just found have been more accepting of the compliments and just been more grateful and you can kind of connect with them more than people that are a little bit more wealthy. I feel like in a way I just don't have that same connection with most individuals. And like you said, I don't know if it comes from, it probably just comes from the fact that we were just born different, just raised differently. Our our life experiences are differently the same way. If I were to go to like Japan or something, I probably wouldn't get along with the individuals rather than if I went to like a Spanish country, you know, I know the culture a little bit more. So it might just be a cultural thing or like a lifestyle environmental thing. But it's definitely like if I'm in a room with wealthier individuals, I, I definitely don't feel like I belong in a way. Like I can fit in with them, but I know that in my mind, like something between our conversations are not are not there, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a weird thing to think about because I, I work in an industry finance where we deal with a lot of individuals that are but this is more of like a work setting, I feel like. So people always kind of always have their guard up. I feel like in the hospitality space, sometimes maybe they're a little bit more relaxed. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, yeah, I think so. Like you might get someone's more more someone's genuine self at dinner than you would at like a business meeting or something, you know? Yeah, I think um, it also depends on um, again, like what type of restaurant you work at. Because okay, um, I don't know the, the last place I worked at it's like a lot more finer dining and the culture tends to be like, you're only there to take orders, almost be like invisible to the customer and only like come when they, you know, they need something. But for me, I feel like most people care about is a good time. So you kind of like wage each table and see like, are they more receptive to me or do like, do they want me not to be around? Just want to be focused on themselves. And so like when you gauge that, um, I like to be around people the most possible just because I feel like when you go to dinner, you might remember the food, but you also remember like the experience and the only way to get a better experience besides the food is the person who's kind of like the liaison for the restaurant, which is you. So you want to make sure they're having the greatest time, remember certain details about conversations you've had, try to name them by their names to make them feel more special. And then um, you also like, I don't know, they're always like, are you at your table? I'm like, they're going to remember me. They're going to come back for me. That's bringing you guys more money. And then also like, it's just, it's like, it's a friendlier world. Like why not be there for somebody and like compliment people and make them feel good. It's different though. Right. Like the serving you do from any other type of serving, right? Like high stakes, like that industry, the hospitality industry is just the way you would serve at a restaurant that has $5, $10 plates would be completely different than if you're serving at a place that has a hundred dollar plates. Yeah. I think, I think as you move up, you also like, I'm very, 
I want to say picky or I don't know what the word is called a foodie because foodies, I feel it's more about the food, not the service, but working in the industry, everywhere you go, you always are like seeing what works and what doesn't work in certain spaces and why. And then that way, like wherever you do work, you'd be like, this might work here and work better. For what us are some here. of those examples? Um, let's see. So I don't know particularly, for, I guess like, okay. So before when I would, um, manage at a restaurant I worked in West Palm, they were very picky about having any crumbs at all on the cushions. I'm like, why is that such a big deal? Mm-hmm. Like, people can just brush it off or, like, you're sitting on it. It's not like it's in your food or whatever. Um, and I think, like, one time, like, I sat down and I felt it. I'm like, if they're not paying attention to this, like, what else are they not paying attention to when it comes to, like, the food prep? Or, like, do they wash their hands? Or, like, do they – it's, like, every little thing matters – for the experience. So you, you, if you know that they care about the smallest little detail, you know that it transfers over to the food or just the way they treat everything. And, yeah. You think that you know that because you worked in the industry or you think that some people actually pick up on that stuff? I think now, like, when you're paying, like, a lot of money for certain foods, you expect that. Like, you, you yeah. don't want to, like... I guess, like, if you go to a friend's house, um, you see roaches, like, everywhere. You know, <laughs> it's like... I don't know if they care that much about the way their food's being prepped or, like, if their plate's clean, like... That's an obvious, though. Yeah. Right? And sometimes, like... But, like, crumbs on the... I don't no, know. No, but, but it's also, like, you know, that's your house. If you leave crumbs there, like, you can leave it overnight. That's food for any animal to come okay. and eat. So, um, maybe it's smears on the window, the like, little... I'm like, why does that matter? Like, that's... And it's, like, you want to be as clean as possible to make sure people smears feel... Smears on the windows, I can, I can see it. Um, but... Yeah, a lot of people are very detail oriented, and I try to be, but I try. I think that life has got so many details, and this is just me. I know that what you're saying is correct. Like, if a restaurant's got indicators of it being like a messy place, it probably is a messy place. And there's individuals that really care about those things. But for me, like, I feel like I have deal to deal with a lot of details and other things. When I go places, I just don't even give a fuck. I just whatever. Like, I, I won't even. I, I've been to restaurants before with Annika, and she's been like. She's like kind of nudged me saying like this place is going to be gross kind of thing. Yeah. No, I don't even notice. I just go and then ends up being like gross. And she's like, I told you this place is going to be nasty. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, um, it could be also like if she says the president for herself also, like she's saying it's going to be gross. Then she kind of yeah. like, she's noticing all the, I, can, I guess kind of like when you wake up and like you, you start with your gratitude day, it's like you want to start yeah. in a good uh, foot, try not to be on social media or whatever to see like negative stuff. You just stay off it for at least a good hour. So if you start your day right, hopefully the rest of the day will go That's true. well. But if you're always thinking about the negatives, you just keep bringing in the negatives. It's not necessarily that it's happening more often, but you're just not focusing in on it, I think. Okay, that makes sense. So, I don't know. Would you uh, you ever think about opening a restaurant? I have a really good restaurant idea. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to say it on, on, uh, on live because I feel like you should critique my idea, but go go for it first. And um, I thought about it in the past. Yeah. I think... I just like hosting dinner parties more than actually making money off of it. So, like, for close friends or family, I enjoy having guests over. Um, I think if I were to do anything, I wouldn't do it just myself. I think I, I, I definitely lack certain techniques that higher chefs have. Like, I enjoy cooking, and I have good ideas. And I feel like I bring a different worldly view of different ingredients from a certain region of the world, like Peru. But I feel like these people who have had like 10 years of experience, they're working 80 hours a week in high-end places for four or five years at a time or more. 
you, I'm never going to catch up to that. I know? mean, more like operational wise. Cause you, oh, I, I hate managing, like I said. Yeah. I hate it. Um, yeah, but and like, I would be very picky. So I'm like, I expect a certain thing to be done my way. And when the manager's not making sure that it's happening and then they have to transfer that to the servers or whoever it's there, it's just, it's so much stress. Yeah. I think so. So, so you don't, you don't see any long term. Like no. visionary. I think if I wanted to do something, it'd probably be something small, like taco truck. Just it's fun. You yeah. know, it's, okay. you're meeting people who are not high end. Like, it's funny. Cause like, you know, taco stands, you, you see people from Palm Beach come over sometimes and buy yeah. tacos and it's just like, everyone's melding there. And then the cool thing is like the people who work in Palm Beach, a lot of those are Guatemalan to Mexicans. So like on their bike rides home, like in my area, there's a bunch of taco trucks and you see all of them after work, yeah. just hanging out there. And so you're serving kind of in a way that your community, like you're helping out. Like I know it's late. You have yeah. you don't want to cook when you get home. Here you go. Okay. It's like a good viable option. You thought about it or just uh, like I think about it, but I, I don't think I ever want to do that. Okay. It's, it's it's just I don't know. Too much headache. Well, our cousin is like crushing it yeah. with his stuff. He is. Yeah, he is, I, but I don't know how he does it, man. What do you mean? Too he's, much? No, it's just it's a lot of stress. Yeah, it's a lot of stress, especially the fact that he has multiple places. Um. And then, like, you never know. Some guy might just quit on you out of nowhere, and you have to replace that dude who might be, like, the sole chef or the sole cook in that place. So it's like, how do you tackle all those things? You have to close up, and you're losing money. It's like, you don't know what's what's going to happen ever. Maybe yeah, I'm just not a risk taker. I think I've been scared life. to take risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. It's tough. It's one of those things that, like, it's one of those types of businesses that if you have those things happen, it's like, Hey, what happened? Charger? Hey, you should start working out. Babe. Right. Anyways. Um, that's one of those types of businesses that if you fail, you kind of fail big. Because, like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, right? Like, all the food, all the, the location. It's just, like, the refrigerators, the location, yeah, yeah. the rent. Um, a lot of prep. Yeah. Is it worth, like, I've never looked into, like, how profitable, uh, what's it called, a restaurant or hospitality businesses, but is it is it worth all the stress? I feel like people talk about how stressful it is, and they never talk about the good the good side of it, but I feel like it could be. Right? I think it could be. I don't know if it is, though. I think there's a lot less stressful things you can do for the same amount of money. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. So you really have to love it, okay. I think, to do it. Um, and obviously, you can get lucky and, and provide concept that you're saving a lot of money but you can still upsell for like a big profit okay i'm gonna give you a million dollar idea <laughs> i had this idea of uh exotic hors d'oeuvres so a restaurant that's just hors d'oeuvres but it's exotic foods and the restaurant's based off of geographic location so you would bring in foods from like australia so you'd have like kangaroo burgers you'd have like um i don't know asian python you'd have like Different, different, you know what I'm saying? Like seven continents that the menu would be based on the seven continents or six, whatever, Antarctica, you can't. The thing is, I think one. it's yeah, great, but my my problem... Or, this is like just an idea, never, yeah. you know. Well, my critique would be okay. just the fact that you want to, like, how long can you reproduce the same thing? You know, like, is it always going to be kangaroo burgers, always going to be Asian python? Because people will get tired <laughs> of the menu, you know? For sure. But I mean, like, so absurd, the menu would be so absurd that people would be like, I have to go to that place in Miami. Well, I have to go to that place in West Palm Beach. Like it's, it's like $80 for uh, for three kangaroo sliders, but it's like, I 
like things that are so crazily exotic, like eating like uh, I don't know, like snails. That's not that crazy. Like crazy bugs and stuff. There's stuff all over the world that I'm yeah, sure that you but can also eat. You gotta like iguana, like 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 have I mean, like iguana. A, they're, they're good. It's oh yeah, good. they're delicious. Have you yeah, had them before? Just like crocodile meat, basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's so many animals on this planet. And, and I, I know a, a, a butcher around here actually that sells a lot of this stuff. People don't know this because you, you have to actually like look for it. But I was going to say, Bush Brothers. Are all the, those those products available? Like, are you allowed to eat that in America? See, I have no clue. But that's, that's just, what I would worry about. Because okay. I know like America is very weird about that stuff. Consumer. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's. I don't know why, but. I don't have any passions for the restaurant business or hospitality. But yeah. if I were to have to like, if someone put a gun in my head and said start a, a business in that industry, I would try to do something like that because I feel like although the, your concerns are very valid about those hoops you'd have to get through, like you could probably charge, like make the whole thing just about like this crazy experience kind of thing and have like yeah. the restaurant be really like mysterious in a way. And I mean, I think, I think they thing. somewhat do that. Um, at certain places, I think I was talking to somebody at my old job, um, that I think it was either in the Bahamas or somewhere, but there was like a, 13 course meal i think it was that's what it was yeah it was a, it was a co- old co-worker in the bahamas so there would be high projectors above so that the landscape the walls around it would change as if you were in that city as well mm-hmm. so as the food came out you would feel like you were in venice so like they'll project like the canals on the walls and the towers um and like the table would move okay as like you touched it it'll be like some sort of AI or something be like, oh, I want more grapes. So you'll touch the, the table and grapes would appear on your table. Not real grapes, but like yeah, yeah. projected. And then like, it'll all be like immersive, I guess. That's, that's kind of what I, I mean. I don't know how extensive it would be. And this is just like a thought idea, but that's kind of what I was thinking is like, make it so crazily exotic that people would pay like hundreds of dollars for tiny amounts of food. And that would be the whole thing. It would just be like, just the experience. Because I feel like if you had to start a restaurant for any type of food, it's such tough competition because there's like probably 20 other people that are doing it within a 13 or 14 mile radius. Like if you want to start a Peruvian restaurant, yeah. there's probably I don't know, 10 around here, 15, like with Miami like, is crazy. Lebron Hunts. Back in the days, so, everywhere. But yeah. I mean, like Aranga is good, but I don't consider that Peruvian, Peruvian food. food. No. It's like, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you know, you're an expert. Or I'll give you the I comment. think I've perfected my Lomo Saltado. I will yeah. say that. You're yeah. an expert in the food, in that industry and that stuff. So I don't know the ins and outs of that. When I think of Peruvian food, I think of like Ranga, Peruvian chicken. And I think of like whatever, like Victoria's or something. But I know that's I not think like Victoria's one of the best spots. Like I don't like, uh, what is it? Ceviche Doctor, whatever it's called. Ceviche, yeah. Dr. Limon. That place, yeah. yeah. And Annika doesn't like it either. I feel like it's, like they, 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 Make it untraditional. I'm like, bro, just keep yeah. the tradition what keep, it is. Keep it simple. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, when if you start a restaurant, you either have to be so good that the volume of people that come in is so heavy so you can drive. Because, like, you're not making millions on $20, $15, $20 plates, but you could either, you could flip it and, like, sell really expensive plates, which yeah. a lot of places do, and they don't have the same amount of volume. But that was just my thoughts. Um, but I, I will tell you this, that I have a couple friends. Uh, one of my friends, Chase Flores, um, you've probably seen him online. He worked for like, uh, How's he doing? he's good. He, he worked for meat, uh, meat market and then he worked for, uh, Cucina. Yeah. So he worked at like higher end restaurants and he told me that he would tell me about some of the experiences. I think he worked there for a couple of years. Um, how it's like totally different from anything you do. And it's a different type of personality that can survive in that, that type of, I'll tell you what, there's, there's a heavy 
drug abuse in that industry, whether okay. it be alcohol or drugs. Okay. And it's crazy for myself, at least. I mean, I think as you get older, you see it like get worse, but like, it's just like, I don't know. I, it's, it's a very stressful job. Yeah. And I understand why people do it. Not that I'm okay with it, but I'm just like, I worry about these people as well. Like what kind of drugs? Like marijuana or like crack I mean, There's cocaine. definitely weed too, but I'm talking about like cokeheads, Adderall, really? all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. So like you see it <laughs> yeah. and it's like, bro. Yeah. I mean, but it's also like. Why Adderall though? To focus? It, it's high stress. You can't mess up any orders. You have to. I mean, I have ADHD. So for me, it kind of helps me a little bit Okay. where I'm remembering what's going on at this table, this table and this table. And I'm able to listen to multiple conversations at the same time. And so, like, my brain works a little weird, but when you don't have that, like, I feel like people really have to focus and be, like, remember everything. Like, you have to remember what, sometimes you don't forget your pen or paper. You're listening to, like, three people yell out orders at you, and you're trying to remember. You can write two, but you want to remember the third one or whatever. So, it's just. You know what would be a great idea for someone to, uh, to get into is, like, now AI is so powerful, and there's so many things that you can do with AI is, like, just have servers walk around with, like, something on their body that records and, and transcribes the orders and then matches that to the closest thing in your ordering system. That way there's I mean, no... I think at a certain point, it's like, what's the point of a server? You know? The server, in the end of the day, if that's the point, just put a computer, like they do like kill <laughs> no, but I'm saying so you put in your own order. So you don't mess up. Is that what the one of the biggest stresses? Like, I'm going to mess this order up? Like, if someone has a, a big table and you have a bunch of stuff going on, is that like the number one stress for servers? Is like, I'm going to fuck this up and they're going to get pissed? I mean, I don't know. How other. I can only speak for myself. But okay. um, I used to get stressed out at big tables. I think... Now it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't stress out for the most part. It's, I don't think that's the biggest stressor. I think the biggest stressor is you, when you have big tables, you have to control the table. Like you, you don't wait for them to call you. You have to be the aggressor. Attentive. I am here and you're on my time. Gotcha. I'm not doing things on your time. You're on my time. Whether you're the guest, I'm still going to come and take the order when I want. Gotcha. Your food's going to come when I want. You're not in charge of anything. The, the last thing I do want to ask you before I want to switch to something else. We'll be talking about food the whole time. And yeah. You're much more than food. Um, you're very personable. You can speak to anybody. Like you said, Chase told me that when he was working at a restaurant, I'm sure you would agree in a certain way. It's almost like sales in a way. Like you kind of upsell people too. Is, oh, yeah. that, is that true? Yeah. Um, so, so I, don't, I wouldn't mention it before, but I worked for Make America. Okay. In the back in the past. And I hated it. I freaking yeah. hated it, man. What'd you do? You're, I was a teller, and then I wanted to move up, and I was like, I really don't like this, so let me not even move up. But I did it mainly because uh, I think I had health insurance and some other benefits. But the point was, because I did not care at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, I did my best, but I always felt like I can only... Yeah, I, I, you, you can't force anyone to get a credit card. You can't force yeah, anyone yeah. to open up a mortgage, whatever it is, you know? <laughs> so, like, at the end of the day, I was like, yo, I can only do what I can do. And then my manager put it to me like, you work at a restaurant. You know how when you want someone to like buy a little bit more, you have to find it. I'm like, she's like, if you're not going to meet our standards that we require of everybody, like you, we're going to have to let you go. And like, you have to really think hard about this. And then like literally the next day, I was, like that night I went home and I was like, do I really want to? I'm like, no, F that. I'm not doing this. And so like, but it's funny that you bring up sales because like that's literally what the restaurant business is. It's like. One, you have to know the product. You have to know how it's prepared. You have to know what's in it in case there's allergies. You have to um, make it sound enticing. It's not just like, oh, it's it's a steak. No, it's a grass-fed 
prime cut, meaning the marbling's nice and more flavorable. You'd have to yeah. like know all these things to make it sound more interesting so they're more likely to get it. If I would have cared that much about banking, I could have probably done the same thing, but it was, I just yeah. did not care. I got you. So, so um, it's, it's sales. You have to like sell, and, and not only because you want the restaurant to do good, but the higher yeah, your yeah. tip is, right? Yeah. That's interesting. So um, the cool thing about that is, Social, I like socialism. So, like, when it comes to, I'm fucking. Uh, <laughs> no, but kind of uh, when it comes to tips, like you have like the pool house, or you get your own. Okay. I personally like pool. Pool is like everybody. Everyone, everyone's tips gets put put into a thing, and depending on how many years of experience, how many points you are, you spread it out, okay. right? So communism, basically. But the point is, I feel like guests have better experience because let's say you get like four or five tables at once, you're okay. hella busy. You don't want them to have a bad experience. Um, so like most times servers are like, oh, their tip is my tip. So let me jump into these tables and greet them, gotcha. say hi, take the order if I can, cause I'm not busy. So it makes gotcha. people want to like help out more. But I also feel like it sucks when you get those lazy ass people who are like just there, just taking the space and taking up the pool. And I'm like, bro, like work harder. Yeah. Put your, put your worth in. <laughs> I don't mind sharing my tips, but also put in your worth, you know? I got you. I got you. So it's kind of cool to see that like on a micro scale, like. Yeah, big economics. Yeah, yeah. Who that's, was the guy who got you into fitness? Because I remember in the beginning you'd ask me a lot of questions, but I don't know if it was me, bro. You know what's crazy? What's up? Your brother and you have totally different perspectives. Not different. I'm sorry. You, you and your brother have things that you've told me that I didn't even know I ever asked or said to you. You don't remember? And that's crazy. No, because I don't. I remember, I remember we when one time. you were in high school and all you wanted was apps. Yeah, I know. And I was like, bro, like. It's good, like I understand, but you're also depriving yourself of so much mm-hmm. food for I'd no. Like, like I think all you drank two. was like just straight protein shake, protein shake, protein shake. I'm like I'd probably be like a giant. I probably stunted my growth not from the weights, but, but I did barely ate anything sometimes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. I was like, you, all you cared about was like the app. I remember I was like, bro, like you, I get it, but also like work out your yeah, legs yeah. and all these other things. <laughs> and I think like I don't know if it was me. Like I said, I remember you would ask me a lot because I was probably I think it was like after college, I was in CrossFit. I think you were in high school. Yeah, we went one time, I remember. It was yeah, hard. It was hella hard. Yeah. Um, that's where I lost a crap ton of weight, man. Yeah, it was hard. It was tough. I remember that. We went, like, maybe once or twice. But it's just funny, because your brother is telling me things that, that I told him, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, man, you used to say this, this, and this. And I'm like, I don't remember any of that shit. Because I guess, I guess some people remember certain things about you that you don't remember, because you're just, like, one of those things that your brain doesn't have enough power to remember. Yeah. That's just kind of like, all right, this is not important. But, like, you remember... Um, I mean, it's a big part of who you are. So I feel yeah, like yeah. I remember uh, you for that. Because I think that's when you started, like, finally gaining weight and, like, getting, like, training, I think, a little more properly. I think you overdid it sometimes, but. I probably did. I probably still do overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think probably you at some point would, would influence me. Uh, this kid in my neighborhood influenced me. Like, when I say you, I mean, like, my cousins. So it was you and who else worked out? Carlos Andres, I think, at the time. No, no. Your brother, too, a little bit, and, like, running and stuff. Yeah. I'm um, sure, like, the weights you did. Uh, but, like, who changed it for me? This old dude at LA Fitness named Patrick. Nice guy. I still talk to him to this day. Um, he changed it for me because he did saw... he used to compete, you think, or...? Yeah, he used to compete. Um, he, he, like, saw me working out one day, and I think he used to okay so this is what it is he used to know this kid named philip who died rest in peace philip good kid died on a motorcycle um crazy kid and the kid was like convinced that he was going to be mr olympia one day and i think he was working out with this patrick guy and i was a little bit more like 
relaxed and like calm. Like I didn't really have the desire to be Mr. Olympia or anything like that. I just wanted to work out and look good. And this Philip guy was like always super like almost like ADHD. He was very extreme. Like the reason why he passed away, he died in a motorcycle accident because he got really into motorcycles for like a couple months and then he just doing wheelies and stuff. And that's it's crazy because like you're no matter how good you drive, it's not up to you yep. whether you live or die. It's somebody else. He he was that guy though that was like when he was into something, that was it. And he was that was how he was with bodybuilding. So this Patrick guy was trying to like guide him, and we I would work out with Philip sometimes because I was a, his friend. He was a little older than me, and I think Patrick liked me a little bit better because this Philip kid was like just too extreme, and he wouldn't <laughs> listen to some of the things that Patrick said. So I think Patrick yeah. became, like got a little bit more. Um, he just found me a little bit more like easy to teach, more teachable. Yeah, yeah, and the the Philip. Uh, my friend, he was just, I love him to death, but I would wish I could talk to him to this day. Um, rest in peace. But he was just like one of those people that was just like, I'm, I'm extreme in many ways, but I, I am kind of like in a way reserved to like, if I have certain beliefs and certain things that I believe I would never like question somebody if I know that they're like, let's say higher than me. But I remember him and Patrick used to argue about things a little bit about like um, certain exercises and stuff. And I think Patrick just thought I was a little bit more teachable. So he kind of like took me under his wing. He was just some random guy at LA fitness. He wasn't like a, you know, whatever, but thankfully to him, he like taught me how to work out. He taught me the basics of like, you know, fundamentals of bodybuilding, how you should eat, what you should structure your meals around. And then, um, yeah, pretty much I would say like the, him like and, a sophomore in high school, you think? Yeah, sophomore in high school at the okay. time. But like, I would say it was a combination of people like like yourself, like friends I worked out that I probably aren't naming. There was this kid in my human geography class that took me to the gym twice. I remember he deadlifted three fifteen. I thought he was like, fucking Hulk. Like he did it once. And Wait, I remember still so when you were in high school. Yeah, he was a senior, and I remember we went to high school. He like drove and stuff. I thought he was cool. Like I don't forget I forget his name. He took me to the gym like twice. I had someone like that who was a wrestler and he played football too. Um, back when I was in high school. And, like, he would just carry around with him, like, hard-boiled eggs. All, like, he was just straight because he was always conditioned. Like, he was the craziest skin. His name was Dylan. He's so crazy kid, so works out. And you went to Suncoast, right? You remember Mr. Newberg, the biology teacher? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. ex-Navy SEALs, he was a wrestling coach. Yeah, yeah. That man would grind you to, like, a pulp. Like, it's yeah. crazy. He's, like, late 50s, maybe 60s. Is he dead then. now or is he still no, I, I think he's still alive. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of teachers died. But. And it's crazy because, like, I think uh, a couple of my wrestling buddies from back in high school, uh, a few of them would go over to his house, like, after college, like, after they graduated. like, oh, this is what I'm doing, blah, 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 hang out. And he would tell you, like, these crazy-ass war stories and, like, crazy stuff. And it was just, you would drink with him. He's, like, the coolest guy, man. Yeah. So nice. You still talk to him to this day? Um, I want to get in contact with him you again. Should. But, you should. But um, I think he lived, like, up north, like, Vero or Stewart. I could probably get you his number if you want. Probably yeah, you could. Yeah. Um, I, I I still talk to a couple of the teachers from there. I'm sure they still have his number. He Wonder was like, a, is it still there or did he retire? I don't remember. Cause I think he was already at retirement age. There was probably like five or six teachers that died. I don't know if like, like Mr. Lowe. Do you remember who Mr. Lowe was? I remember the name. I don't remember what he looked like. We were like kind of was far it computer apart. science or no? Nah, he was uh, American history. But right. a couple of teachers died. Who else? I don't even remember. I don't want to remember. Just like cancer and like old age and stuff. Damn. Yeah, but the photography guy died. Mr. Fringo? No, nah, I never... I didn't even know I was a class <laughs> that sun goes. Um, but, yeah, pretty much that's... I mean, working out at a young age was, was something. It was a special time. I'll never forget those times. I'm sure you remember some of your high school workouts and college workouts and some of the, the nonsense. I think, I think, at least college, I trained with a guy who's now... Uh, he's a powerlifting coach at a oh, school nice. in, in Orlando or Kissimmee. Uh, Carlos Cabrera, wrestling with me as well. 
Um, but he he loved to do it. And he was very structured. So I, he would always, I had like an ego. He was more about like, hey, be careful. Yeah. Do it proper. This is the right, um, you know, the right way to do it, the right mechanics. And he would be like, I would work out with him when I did work out. College is a stupid yeah. time for me. Um, but I think if I would have stuck with it a lot more, I would have been better. But I feel like just college as a whole for me was a crazy time. experience. Yeah. We'll talk about it another time. I got to have you and your brother on one time. Him and his brother are, are polar opposites, but they're, it's, you guys, do you guys uh, like get along? Like we get, we, uh, so before we would fight all the time. Yeah. Now we just, I mean, I think we love each other. I think we have a clear boundaries, respect for each other. But I don't feel like we're besties. I love you. I love you guys both. Like, and I love you guys. I love all my family, but I love you guys both in a special way. Both in your own in your own right. I I just, dude, I love your brother. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, you have family. You just see them like as a kid, and you grow up with them. And you just, Camilo to to me, he's always that guy that's just like that. Just you say the word nice, and your brother comes up in my my brain, and. I, some people might think that's a bad thing, but I think your brother has something about him that you and I will never have. And it's something that's so like, I don't know. It's so special that you, I don't know anyone else. I could say, Oh, Sergio's an amazing, you know, he could talk to anybody. He can, I, mean, I think, I think for me, like but, I worry about that for him. Cause I feel like being too nice, just like people take advantage. And also like, he's very pacifist and everything. So like, you just, I want him to have the skills to be able to, to like defend yourself, it's like that quote: "Like you'd rather be a gardener, yeah, exactly, at war or a warrior in a garden." Yeah, so like yeah. it's just like I I worry about my brother. Like he's just too nice, and he always gets himself into awkward situations. He was like mugged. Did you tell your story on the podcast about being mugged and stuff? No, we talked. You about should his ask job. about that. That's it's very enlightening religious moment for him. Really? Like he got mugged? Wait, why was it an enlightening religious moment? Cuz he was like praying, he was yelling. I I rather him tell a story, but Okay. But like it's just and it was like when he was like uh, involved uh in the Catholic Student Union up there at FSU and everything. But um yeah, he was just like he doesn't know anything. He he would not raise a hand up to anybody and I'm just like bro like you don't need to have hate or anger in your heart to defend yourself it's more like just i find it fun so like for me that was always like an outlet for me um what like like jujitsu and stuff like wrestling or like, like wrestling um i always like to like horseplay like when i was a kid yeah. i didn't know it was wrestling but um he would always just lay there and i'm like bro like you're not fighting back so it's not fun so like for me like i never did it with him it was just like with friends or whatever yeah but then like, i got to high school was wrestling and then I wanted to for a while, but I was just always, because of my experiences in high school with, um, like, I think I dislocated my shoulder and, like, something else happened with my collarbone. I just never, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it because I'm just going to keep getting hurt. I never took the opportunity to do it. And now, like, I'm really, yeah. I, I don't consider myself old, but I am old You're not old, bro. Come on. They say you hit your peak when you're, like, 37 to 38. You still got, like, six more years. Because yeah, men hit their peak later in life because a woman... Hit their peak earlier in life. That's what I, that's what I've been stu- been taught by the red pill community. Yeah, God damn it! <laughs> so how, how how are how are you? Um, before we close out, because you used to you, your your beliefs about life have probably changed a little bro, bit. They change all the time. So what, having, where are you at now? Because I've always been the same. So like, I still. Think so are I'm, you like a, are you still like a, a diehard Democrat or no? How is it? So you were at one I, point. I don't I don't 
I'm not a diehard Democrat. We're just getting smoked. Mosquito. Flies? Yeah, I see it, bro. It bother me, too. Um, I don't die hard for Democrats. I don't agree with you the stances. you changed a lot, though. I've no, noticed. I, like I said, because I feel like more moderate. I don't Your brother vote. told me you have a gun now. Or you've always yeah, had it. Yeah, but I've always had a gun. Oh, okay. I mean, not always. I've had it. <laughs> 2016 hopefully you'll edit that out i don't need people coming to my house yeah oh. um but um yeah no i always thought it was so this is my thing with like guns I, I think you should be allowed to have one okay i don't think it's crazy to ask for a background check or okay. to see that you're mentally stable i think they have or that you no they don't bro you know how easy it was for me to buy a gun i mean show the one, them my id what, i went to go to i went to, no that's not true i went to go to bass pro shop the other day i wanted to buy a rifle they wouldn't let me buy one i had to wait for them to do the you can go to bass pro shops right now and try to get a gun. I'm sure you can get guns at gun shows and so stuff. What kind like of that. rifle? A hunting rifle, like a regular hunting rifle. What the? F- yeah, I know, right? I thought I was, I was like so shocked. I was, I was pissed because I was supposed to go hunting in North Carolina um, at the end of the year last year, and I wanted a bolt action rifle because my AR-10, which is a semi-automatic rifle, the hunting grounds that we do in North Carolina for good practice, they don't really Allow. want you to use semi-automatic yeah. for the deer, and I don't want to be the guy going on someone else's hunting property using the improper rifle. So I would try to buy a bolt action rifle. Before I went, and they're like, "Now nah, you have to wait, like, whatever Two six days or something, or something like that, yeah. to we get back our background." But see, for choice. me, like, that's not crazy. I don't think that's no, I don't a, a crazy liberty to give up. Like, oh my god, you're freezing on my rights. No, I think Ron DeSantis is like, uh, whatever is concealed. Non, yeah, he, yeah, stupid. Yeah, I think it's dumb. So, and I'm, I don't know. I feel like the people are going to carry are going to carry regardless. And yeah. I think I do have a permit like a concealed so weapons permit yep. and so but i'm just like if it saves me money i don't care it doesn't affect me but i also just feel like the people who have access to it is what worries me and it's like i don't need everyone and their mother bro the, you know how easy the class was like i'm like bro oh, the, I know. the smallest it's a, little it's a joke yeah, yeah and then like they had these like old women who could barely hold the gun i'm like yeah. you should not be like i i feel like sorry that you have to defend yourself <laughs> but like if you don't know how to carry a gun you can shoot somebody else and kill somebody else who's not even your attacker because you don't know how to use yeah. it Okay. So, like, hopefully they practice more, but I don't know. It's No, I feel you. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way, like, when it comes to that type of stuff. I, I feel like I'm I'm not one of these people that, I would say, obviously, I lean more towards the right on a lot of things. But the people that walk around with, like, AR-15s to try to provoke, like, people, like, they walk around, like, have you seen those guys on YouTube yeah. where they walk around with guns and fishing poles? Because you can technically carry a rifle and a fishing pole. And that they're, they're in trying, Florida? I think that's yeah, certain in, states. You no, know, in Florida, you can. If you're hunting... Um, but even off hunting grounds? No, no, I'm sorry. If you're not, if you're fishing, you can carry a rifle. Yeah, no, no, it's legal. There's people that do it in Palm Beach all the time. My dad used to have to deal with those people when he was a police officer. I don't know that. Yeah, you, um, you can carry a rifle. If you have a fishing rod, you can carry a rifle with you. I, I think mean, that's stupid. I, I, I wouldn't purposely go out there try to provoke people and, and whatever. But that's just, that's just, I digress. But mainly the reason I ask is because I feel like at some point you were pretty stuck in um like a specific type of thinking and i'm not saying this like critique i think, you I think anything, i'm very i've seen you change open-minded okay so i think it just depends on where things go i'm a very scientific guy so for me like let's hit on this you said scientific but so i, I mean i don't know if you're gonna bring up covid and like all that stuff no, no, i don't no, think it was back no, then no. when you were thinking about me being really left or whatever but no no i'm just thinking because i remember when i was younger you and i think you even did some vote, uh, stuff for the democratic stuff in college right didn't you oh no that's not me that was my ex Oh, oh maybe. I thought I thought for some reason you did something with like a campaign or something. No, um, that was all my ex. But um, no, what's it called? I think what people have a really hard time understanding is as new data comes in, science changes. I'm not it's talking not, about COVID. I was talking about the creation of the universe. <laughs> oh, we can talk about that too if you want. Um, but yeah, let's. Well, so what 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 made you change though? Because you were more left leaning, right? Like you, I think you, can't, you just, can't deny that. 
certain things that aligned better. Like I still agree with a lot of the stances of being more accepting. I feel like, okay. I feel like I don't want to say the right or Republicans, but I feel like the people who say they're hardcore Christians and they are accepting of everyone and we love everybody are like the most judgmental people. That's true. But I also feel like there's people on the left who are the same way, but I feel like at least they're not spitting hateful rhetoric for the most part. And not that like some people are more extreme, obviously, but um, at least like the party isn't known for that. You're saying the Democratic Party or the Republican Party? The Republican, Republican Party. Party is known for being like assholes and yeah, and inclusive. Or like I feel like it was the shittiest move of them when like Obama was able to elect a new uh, judge for the Supreme Court, and Republicans threw the biggest fit and being a respectful guys. Like, all right, we can wait till after the election. <laughs> and, and then they took it. <laughs> and literally 41 days before they get yeah, um, uh, Amy that, Kelly. Yeah, or... I'm like, what the hell, bro? Yeah, like. I think people need to like, so I had this conversation with Carlos, which I had on the podcast before, but um, when I was in Boston, I was talking to him and he was He's left, right? For the most part, I think Boston as a whole, it's a very tech uh, heavy place. Um, But I think, I mean, I'm I'm assuming, I I don't know, but um, I know that he was talking to me about it and he's like, I think he he thinks at least it all happened after, um, what was it? After Obama? No, before Obama. It was, I don't know what it was, but it's like libertarians took a lot of the people and forced the right to go more right. And because of that, it forced the left to go even more left to try to be in the middle. But then like after after like 2003, like things just never started getting done anymore. Yeah. Like before there was give and take, like any relationship in the world, like you have to be able to sacrifice some things to get something else. And and now people are just like, no, this is it. This is, we're not moving anywhere. No, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I don't really align myself with any political party because I don't care for the Republicans. I don't care for the Democrats. I know that it's all under the same. Yeah, I'm more like, I know it's all part of the same gimmick. It's all it's all part of an act. They, they need people. That, it's just like a company. They do, you have, th- do you think that there should be limits to terms? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it, what I was trying to get to is like, so this thing that Ron DeSantis came out with, for example, uh, I don't know why he came out with it. Probably to make himself relevant again. He probably wanted to get his name out there and get people talking about him. And also he probably wanted to serve some of the um, whatever gun lobbyists that are paying him a lot of money for his campaign. Whatever he decided to do. I feel like a lot of politicians just do things and just make statements and kind of like almost like you're running a business. Like you have an identity and they just stick to that. And they're all bullshit at the end of the day. Both sides, they're both equally as har- harmful. Um, I mean, he's he's he's... Changing way too much shit, I think, in Florida. Um, when it comes to the guns, the CRT, the don't say gay bill, like, all these things. Like, I'm like, bro, I don't know. Do you, I don't, I think the don't say gay bill is the stupidest thing in the world. I haven't even seen it. I don't even care. I, I really don't. I, like, I, that type of stuff, I, and I've kind of stayed away from, like, a lot of the um, but social I, you, policy. But you, I just want to, like, know, do yeah. you realize that you being a white, straight male... Like you have a little Asian in you, but like you're definitely white passing as hell. And like being white, do you ever feel like because you have that privilege, you're able to like you don't care about that because it doesn't affect you. You realize that. Of course. So. If there's such a small population of. But I'm people, not white. I'm Hispanic. I know, but people see you. They're going to assume you're white. They're not going to. They don't see a Hispanic yeah, but, kid. I mean, 
that's that's like I don't you know. You tell me if you're in the street. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, if I'm in the street, people are probably gonna think I'm not. People aren't gonna think I'm American. People are gonna think I've never been called American in my life. People always think I'm either Spanish or Asian, depending on how my hair is. I've never been called white in my day in my life. Same thing with you though, too. No, I, I know, but I have the privilege, and I know that I recognize it. Wait, I recognize you're, you're Hispanic. No, I know that I'm Hispanic, but I also know that. Dude, if I look at you, I know you. I do not think American. Like I don't think. I think if you put a hundred people in a room, that you're all they're all gonna say Hispanic or uh, Middle Eastern. No one's gonna say that you look white. I'll, I'll give you a thousand dollars. You get a hundred people in a room. If more than ninety people say that you look white, and I, we had to pick like a good. I don't want you picking all your friends, and I gotta give you a thousand bucks. But I can almost guarantee you. I think that ninety percent of the people in a room of a hundred people will tell you that you're not American. Me myself, probably the same thing too, bro. I I, no, no, it's not the American part. It's the white part. or white, whatever. Same thing. Uh, you know what I mean? When I say American, I mean like Caucasian American. Okay, so how many generations down the line do you think you'd have to be? For you to be white. I mean, what defines you as being white? Exactly. My skin. I'm white. You're white. Yeah, but we're not white. We're li- we're Latinx or whatever. Yeah, but we're that's, not, that's not a race. But my, gra- okay, Awilito Jorge, your grandpa, they yeah. were, they were con- probably considered black if you ask no, someone. Indian as fuck. Mestizo as hell. If you, if you put them in a room of people and there's, they're, they're the darkest person in there. Someone's gonna, not going to say they're Hispanic. They're going to say, yeah, that guy's black. Yeah, but you know how racist our cultures are what do you mean like worse we're how the races we don't even like realize it like with like if the, you, you so if you have to put him if you have to put my grandpa for example jorge vera either white or black are you gonna call him white or black i'd say mestizo that's a good in between yeah, but he's but if this is one or the other he's he's a person of color so if my grandpa's a person of color why i am would I, say why, black then why am i not a person of i color? would say black uh, no, I'm just saying, like, why why are we not considered people of color if we come from close familiarity of a person of color? My grandpa is definitely considered a person of color. You don't have to call him black, but he's a person of color. Come on. Yeah. So I, is your family. I get that, but I'm saying, like, you really think that the second people see you... They don't see... They don't think white, bro. I can guarantee you. I'll put a poll on my story right now. <laughs> I guarantee you more than... I think people probably already know you, so they know who you are. Yeah, but I don't think I consider white. But anyways, digression aside, yeah. what does that have anything to do with what you're saying? You're saying I'm saying the fact that you're able to not care about certain laws because it doesn't affect you. Okay. I think that when you have a caring heart, you worry about people's issues that they might not be able to fight for themselves because they're such a small minority. Okay, that's fair. So, like, I think, like, women's suffrage back in the day, like, guys didn't care. They never, it wasn't so women and men started finally, like, being on their side, allowing them to vote, that they actually got things done to allow women to vote. So just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it doesn't affect them. That's true. And I think that we should care more about trying to help them out. Just because... Just well, said, listen, this is why I've kind of stepped away from parties and kind of stepped away from... Oh, it's all stressful. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I, I try not to keep I, up with I it. Don't, I don't care anymore. Because first of all, <laughs> when you say, what are we going to do? I'm not going to go out there and advocate for X, Y, or Z, or like actually try to write letters to my Congress. Like I'm not doing any of these things. So I talked to your brother on the, on the podcast about like how badly I felt about the way that children over the age of 18 that are disabled are treated in society. Like I feel terrible because I have a friend of mine who has a brother that is getting over the age of 22, which would they start like taking away the, the money that's given to those families for disabled children. But I'm not going to go out here and, say fuck florida fuck the state because i'm not doing anything to change it so i'm trying not to you know what i mean like if i'm not actually making steps towards making something better i'm not like writing to my congressman or i'm not going out and and protesting or you know finding ways to find the solution i don't feel like i have 
the right to really go out there and bitch about either side. I was like, like, right bitch about, like just being informed. Like it doesn't interest you. Not really. No, okay. I'm more, honestly, I've been on a really big like shift in towards like, I like to hear it. I like to know what's going on, but I'm not gonna, I don't really want to argue about things with other people because people's opinions are people's opinions. And at the end of the day, I'm more focused on what I have to do for myself and helping myself grow in other areas that I feel like one day I can, I can show, like, I feel like for me, something that might be more beneficial is like, instead of trying to convince somebody about why the second amendment is necessary, it's like, instead, let me shift and focus my area on like, I know how to do this inside my area of finance. I know how to use this type of tool. I'd rather teach people like that, like, cause that is actually helpful information to them than me trying to convert someone to like my political party in a way. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. I get what you're trying to say. I, I, I don't, don't agree yeah. with it though. Okay. Why? So, I mean, it's just, yeah, you can tell me. I, I mean, mean I, I, let's just take it to extremes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to reset the cameras. Keep talking about it. Okay. Uh, just, I mean, let's take it to extremes. So you don't care because it doesn't affect you again. Most of these things that you were talking about, don't affect you. So you're okay with it because it does not impart anything on your life. But like going back 200 years, being who we are, like, yeah, we wouldn't be the best, whitest people in the world, but we were most likely not going to be slaves. Okay. Just because it didn't affect you. Like, oh, that's their problem. Let them figure out. Let's help them. You know, that they can figure out. I'd rather help myself. Teach them, like, what are they going to do with that if they can't? Well, that's, that's different. Slavery versus, like, w- like, what are you speaking of? I'm just saying, like, there's an extreme, like, okay, you're okay. saying things that don't affect you because you're like, it doesn't well, bother me. Thing, so, if the, if there was, I mean, be- better myself to do something better. There are slaves that live in other continents that we're not doing anything to change. So, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a lot other worse evils in the world that need to be. Um, and by that definition, then you just shouldn't care about anything. No, but what I'm saying is like there's there's some really bad evils in the world that we are all conscious of that we don't do a, th- a damn thing to fix versus there's things that are happening in this country that obviously are terrible. I'm sure there's treatment of people in this country that needs to be better and there's legislation that needs to be in place. But if we're talking uh, by, about... By, by, by just because I feel like people who knew me in the past, I feel like they think that I hate America. <laughs> I don't hate America. I love America. I think it's a land of great opportunity. But I also feel like we have to be able to self-analyze ourselves and recognize that there are issues we're not perfect and i feel a lot of people who (laughs) who are like america's the greatest place in the world and you have to stop talking bad like we're not talking bad we're you can't improve yourself if you don't talk about what's wrong with something no i've switched and then trying to to find solutions i love the country for what it was i love the country for what it is now but i think that i think conspiracy side of me i think we're going down like a really like we're getting to a collapse of of a great nation oh I, i agree but um, also, I mean, I don't know if you're thinking China's going to be the next yeah, super nation. But I also, I don't know if you know this, but like the population in China, I think within 15 years, they're going to have a collapse. Like there's not going to be no no standing army. So unless they can figure out a way to figure out the population, to like have a giant increase of immigration to that country. Wait, their their population so little? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know if you like study sociology, but like yeah. um, in most underdeveloped nations, it's like a upside down triangle. So like at the top, mm-hmm. it's like the babies and like you want to have it to be like inverse. So as you get older, there's less and less population of that. And you want to have a greater population in the beginning or at least study. Like I think we're at 2.2 rate in America. And that's only because of immigration, not necessarily babies being born. Um, 
to help us keep like a stable population inside America. But China with like the one child. That's still a rule. I think they finally undid it and they're trying to convince people to have more kids now because they realize how big of a problem it is. Um, I don't know if you watched it, but Joe Rogan has uh, some guy on, on the show and he's like, people don't realize how like on like China's going to collapse. I think in a couple of years. Really? Yeah. So I, I think people are worried. I agree. They're definitely, um, doing a lot of things. I think it's an act of desperation because they know what's about to happen. I feel so unless they get a stronghold on certain things to try to contain that problem by taking over lands or whatever it is there, they might come down. I think, I think that I think we agree on a certain thing that they're trying to do stuff, but I think that they, they see that America is the most vulnerable it's ever been. You oh, I agree. I agree. The, we're the most divided. We have the most, and I agree, but I think up. we have to be acknowledge it again that, it's the misinformation. If you don't have good sources of truth, and I'm not, I'm not saying CNN's good or Fox is good or any of that crap. <laughs> they're all bullshit. But I'm saying the they're fact that bad. they're all owned by like a few media companies. Yeah, they're all owned they by get the to same tell you what it is. Of but course. on top of that, like I think at a certain point, the fact that I'm able to access any information I want on this little device, you have all this information. Half of it, most of it is is crap. You don't know what to believe anymore. And I think there's like a author like 20 30 years ago x sorry he's not an author he's a russian guy kgb is like this is how we would bring down america and he's like the amount of yeah the the videos from the 70s yeah it's like older. i think i sent it to you maybe i think that's what it was yeah so i sent it to you and i was like it's true that's the, the fact that we have all this information we don't know what to believe and then everyone's being pulled to extremes and they can't get along so what is the solution love love yeah, it's are you still are you religious still or no? Um, I don't know about religious, but Spiritual? I believe in God, hundred okay. percent. Um, G O D or G O D underscore uh, lowercase. Because uh, we talked about capital this. G. Okay, we talked about this the other day. Yeah. So you believe in the Abrahamic God and Allah? Yeah, Allah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I love this thing by the way. I don't know why. I keep it, bro. You have that's it. the ADHD. That's yours. That's yours. I'm like that's keep fidgeting with it. Keep, that's yours. Um. um I like the rainbow fan. I know I'm inclusive of everybody. Um, I don't have, and I'll say this to you talking about the LGBTQ community. I saw a, a movie called Jesus revolution. I don't know if you've seen it before. It was a really good movie. It's super corny, but whatever. I liked it. I, I like think it. I heard about it. It's I really think, good, but I, I haven't seen it. So I go to a church in Wellington. It's a home church. Um, great church. And, uh, the pastor said, Hey, go watch this movie. And I watched it with Annika. It's my girlfriend. And, it's kind of a similar parallel to what's going on in the world now in a way, but not, not so the same, but I'll, I'll make the comparison. The movie's about a church that was started in the seventies, a Christian church that welcomed in the hippies. So like in the seventies, oh, a lot of, I hippies. know about it. Yeah, you I, heard it, you heard yeah, it. Yeah. And I started to think, I'm like, what about today? I think the people in the same congregation left and then they're like, he started like preaching to them and be like, how do we include these guys and welcome them into the church? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I heard and about it. I haven't seen it, but I heard it. It's a about great it. movie. I really liked it. You might think it's kind of corny. I think it's a great movie. Um, but I, I thought about it after watching the movie. I was like, it's kind of the same thing with the LGBTQ community in the church today. Like, they feel like they're a crowd that can't go into a space of worship and feel like they're accepted. And what would our church do? What would other churches do? Because by the by the word of the Bible, if, if a sinner, just like someone commits sin, we all commit sin, according to the Bible, um, if they're welcome to open their hearts and, and hear the word of God, then they should be welcome into 
the holy the holy house whether they're gay whether they're whatever you know right but a lot of churches they wouldn't accept people that are gay there's a lot of churches out there now that are more accepting of the lgbt community but those churches also are equally as politicized and but i'm talking about churches that are stuck in their ways are very traditional biblical churches would they accept someone who's gay or transgender or whatever lesbian bisexual into their church and this movie basically was extending the hand to these people that at the time that these churches would not never have these hippies come in there they didn't want them in the church do, do you feel like um Wait, well, my question would be, did the pastor relate that to you or is that something that popped in your no, head? No, that's something that popped in my head. It's like, just like in this movie, basically the whole, the whole theme of the movie was that all these, the churches would not accept these people, these hippies, these people, you know, that were lost in life. That was what the movie made it out to be. They were partying, they were doing drugs, whatever. And this church accepted those people. Like, should we as a Christian people look at this and, and reflect and say, cause this is a real thing that happened in the seventies. Uh, it's a big hippie revolution. A lot of uh, people were saved. Should we think about this in the same way that we have our, now I feel like a good parallel is the LGBTQ community, which feels like they aren't welcome in the church. Cause that was one of the biggest things is that these hippies didn't feel like they were welcome in the Christian church. Like how do we, how, like, I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say, but it's kind of like a similar parallel. How would churches nowadays do with, with that community? Some churches don't accept them. I think, some churches do. I think it's mainly, it goes back to, the main thing with religion, no one's better than anybody else. Yeah, I know. And I agree. we have to just be accepting and loving towards everybody. I agree. And so I think the sooner churches preach that and show the importance of it, the sooner people can get back to just feeling more, I don't know, just people need to be happy, man. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, like, you hear all these things in church about being something, but like, I don't know, for me, I have a hard time um, back in the day. And even now I'm like, these people would go to church every Sunday and be super religious. But then like the other six days of the week, they're the biggest assholes and like party and just hooking up with like 20 different yeah. girls. I'm like, bro, like, how are you a person of God? And like, and then you just go and do that. And you're like, oh, I just repented on Sunday. So you're yeah. all clean all of a sudden. I'm like, bro, like that's, uh, you have to like, if you really are a person of God, and he's like, oh, but we make mistakes. I'm like, you're not in a way like to, to be that extreme. I mean, this is unrelated, but I'm just like going around yeah. thinking about it. I'm like, the reason why I feel like I'm not as religious anymore is just because like, I feel like as long as you know who you are and you're a good person and you love people and you're accepting, that's all that matters. And I think a lot of the biblical things align with that. Um, I think at the time I was like interested in Islam as well. I never studied Judaism, so I don't know anything about it, but like Islam and like Christianity, I think are very similar. So where would you fall? You would say nowadays you're just, I'm just, I'm, I believe in God and I believe that you can take things from both books and learn a lot from it and become a better person from it. So that's all that matters. Okay. That's, that's good. But I don't think you need like a structured house to learn about it or tell you how you should behave and, Okay. Tell you how to be a good person or tell you how to vote. I feel like a lot of churches nowadays, the bigger ones, are like, they get too political and they tell you how to even like vote sometimes. I'm like, bro, like, that's not your place. Just like politics should not be in are church. You, are, you church should not be are, politics. are you critiquing a Christian churches or the Catholic churches? Um, because I've fallen out. I feel out like Catholic doesn't tell you how to vote for the most part. I think Christian churches tend to do that more. I've fallen out of the Catholic religion for other reasons. Not fallen out, but I just, I found some weird things about it and. 
You know what's cool? I had a conversation with uh, Carlos again about the same thing in Boston this last time. And he was telling me, like, he's not religious anymore either. But he's like, the thing that he really appreciated about Catholicism was the fact that um, you weren't doing something to expect something back. Like, I feel like a lot of times these acts of goods were because you wanted to get into heaven or you wanted to do this. Whereas in Catholicism, it's like you're doing it just because you're a good person. You don't expect nothing. This is not to get you into heaven or whatever. This is just to give. Okay. Just give without expecting. That's it. That's true. I just don't like Catholicism now because I feel like there's a lot of weird things that have happened in the church that are undeniably true. Like a lot of So I think I had a conversation with my brother? I think so. So, think so if you have or haven't, I don't know. But I, I agree with him. I think it's like just like we are unperfect human beings who will tell you, they'll say the church isn't perfect, no matter what church it is. Oh, for sure. I know that. But so, the, the level of, ext- I mean, have you looked into some of the pedophilia that happened in the Catholic church? Yeah. And- but I feel like that's the same thing happens in other denominations. Just it's a lot newer. And that's true. But it's been like structurally recorded that they've like juggled priests around. Well, to- I, I know. But I'm, I just, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm, no, I know. And I, I just, I don't know. I just, something about the Catholic religion, the, the the tradition of it is awesome, but I don't know. I find a lot of things in it kind of, kind of weird. Uh, I've, I've fallen in line more with uh, like Biblia, uh, biblical Christianity. It's kind of just reading the word of God. And I go into this church. I have a couple, I, I have a couple of churches that I go to, but mainly this one I've been going to recently. It's just more, reading the Bible, reflecting on that and just learning through the word of God and just trying to be more about your personal relationship with God than having to have an intermediary as the Pope or the priest. That's what I found worked best for me. Um, Not that I don't think that there's Catholics that are great people. I think most Catholics are amazing, but I think that it's a big conglomerate that I've had some, some positions that I feel like are a little bit, Weird for me, especially like um, the worshiping of Virgin Mary too. Is like thinking about it and reading about it. Just I don't know. I don't, something that I've always thought: Why do we pray to Virgin Mary? And I don't know. I don't know if you ever had those those thoughts before. But do you feel like she's not part of? I do. I do feel like she's important, but I do feel like the Bible says, "You thou shall not have any gods before me." I don't think they see her as a god, though. I think that's where you confuse it. Like where you uh, you, you see like. Like, I mean, uh, they, they pray, like, pretty heavily to the Virgin Mary. Yeah, but, like, when you pray for a loved one, it's not like you're praying. You just you pray. There's a lot of, like, worship of, like, saints and stuff in the Catholic Church, and I just, I don't know. I don't really think that's, like, like, some people are religiously pray to saints who are just human beings, and I think that's kind of weird. I think the whole, like, dressing up like a wizard, like, they look like wizards on the stage. I love the Catholic Church just many people in the Catholic church that I love, like I love lo- the local Catholic churches. I just feel like just looking at it as a whole, it's kind of given me some retrospective to think about. And I've come to this dis- decision on my own way before I started going to this church that I go to now. Um, I just have, and, and another thing too is the Catholic church never really inspired me to read the Bible. But when I took the word of God in my own hands, I feel like I've had more control and I've, I've gotten more out of Christianity and, and Christ in the past two years of kind of going my way away from the Catholic church. Like I, I don't miss church anymore. I used to kind of dread going to Catholic church. Sometimes it was boring shit. Very like, uh, almost like a ritual like in a way. So that's like my little rant. I know I'm going off, but um, I'm just like, yeah, I like listening. 
Any any closing thoughts? Any, anything? You you still go to Catholic church though? No, I still go. I, I I'll go. I go to, church. Yeah. I go to um, events when we okay. have them as a family. Yeah, I'll go to church on Christmas. Um, yeah. I'm not a. I think I don't know. It's just I think it always depends on how, like who is the speaker, and so I think in Christian churches there's not this exclusivity of who's allowed in or out. I don't know how it works. I, I'm not yeah. part of Christianity. Like in the you want to tell it a little bit. I'm not sure exactly how it is for Christianity in, like, your sense, not the Catholic Church. But, like, I've had a horrible priest where they're just, like, boring. I fall asleep. But then, like, there's definitely uh, Padre Mario. He was, yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Like, he's I would love going to sermons and listening yeah. to him yeah. and, like, the way he analyzes it. And, then again, like, I don't ever think, like, he's telling me how to think of the word. I think it's just his analysis of it. So I think you're open to the view it yeah, however the, you. The Pope has made statements before saying that if you have a personal relationship with God, if you try to read the word, that's problematic. I can show you like, this is before. I don't think this is recent. Uh, re- I mean like a couple of years ago, like the Pope, the, the recent Pope has said stuff like the Balenciaga Pope. What do you, you've seen the AI picture with him? No, no, no. You haven't seen it? No. He's like, I just, I don't know. I just find <laughs> it like, if you look at it and you look into the conspiracy side of things, you look at the Vatican and some of the, different things in there and I know I sound like a lunatic that's like my Matt Wynn side like conspiracy side I just I find it a little bit strange and I've never been talked to by a priest to say hey you should read your bible they never say hey go read the bible I've, I've had it many times I've never had that I've been going to the Catholic and I, I, I would say that I was pretty regimented in the Catholic church for a lot of my life like like maybe missed one Sunday a month kind of thing I just I never got I out know that. I've but. never got out what I got in like, like I, I, I get a lot out of the church I go to now. Um, I think in the end, it's like, I think as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Yeah. That, and, I'm yeah. not saying one's greater than the other. I don't think any religion's right, in my opinion. Okay. I think it's just faith is faith because there's no evidence ever to prove anything. I think there's some good evidence. No. You don't think there's good evidence? No. I think there's good evidence. I think there's signs or things that can point you towards it, but... I don't think you need, like I said, I'm very scientific. So for there to be a fact, you have to be able to put something through a scientific method. And if you can't retest something, you can't. So you believe in theory of evolution? Yeah, but I don't think that it means that God doesn't exist. Okay. I, 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 I've seen it happen. Like, like when people talk about like this COVID stuff, evolution is clearly happening through that right there. Like bacteria changes or viruses change, little tweak in DNA so how and did that small I'm, I'm, little thing we'll, we'll close on this because I'm, I'm curious i want to know and i'm not saying i'm right i'm not saying you're right i'm just saying i want to i want to ask you this question according to evolution the big bang happened right life got created something came from nothing where did where does sentiment sentient sentient sentient, sentient life come from that like how did that evolve from like an explosion i just i can't you can't fathom it I just don't understand, like, what's the so theory behind this? It? Is the cool thing about that, and like, obviously, so wait, wait, no wait. one can look back that far. Of course, so you have I, faith in science. Yeah, but I also but you don't have faith in 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 God. I never said that. So I have no, faith no, in no, both. I, I, I know, but I'm saying like you have faith in science, but you don't have faith in the Bible in terms of like what it says. And I'm not even opposed to saying, well, listen, when when they talk about creation for seven days, I've heard people say that seven days for man might be interpreted. For God, it might be different from seven days for man. So I don't know if that's the, the whole seven thousand years is one hundred percent. I'm not like one hundred percent sold on that. But I'm just I'm just curious. I I, re- I really 
the whole creation of the universe thing is still super like oh it's 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 crazy weird. Yeah. i love it um and i've actually like just started like going back into it because i used to i still love physics i haven't studied it in a while but when i studied in high school and college um just like I, I think i told you recently when it comes to like the people who really study really higher level science really believe there's a god mm-hmm. and like the middle ones maybe not but like people was like everything works too beautifully and perfectly for there not to be somebody intelligent design yeah and so when it comes to the big bang like this is the thing about i don't know like because for reason why i believe in, in a god also it's like what was there before that small little thing that turned into the whole universe there has to be something i i, I really find it hard to believe that I don't know. It's just hard to believe that there's nothing before that. They said two atoms collided, right? That's the whole theory. No. What is it? It's just high pressure and something randomly happened that caused it to explode. So there's, I think it's like uh, anti-gravity. So dark particles. And the, the most recent thing that I've heard, I forgot who was saying it, but think of like a boiling pot of water. At some point, you know how it's always bubbling? At a certain point, randomly everything would just be at a complete still. Like, all the bubbles would reside at the perfect moment. If you had that water boiling for infinity years, at a certain point, it's going to be completely tranquil. When that's completely tranquil, the dark matter would cause that explosion to happen because it's just random chance. That could be God, though. It could have been God who said, I want this random chance to happen, you know? And then that thing caused the explosion. And then when it comes to, like, life, um, if you study, like, the atoms themselves... Okay things just fit in perfectly. So like when I took organic chemistry, carbon is the most like reactive, not reactive, but it's the most easily um, bonded to atom. So like it could have been silicon. They're very similar structures, but they're a little bit, um, it's like on a lower group, it's lower pointed group, which means the electrons are further away from the nucleus, which means there's less likely for it to react, but it still has the four bonds it can attach to. And then, like, life just happens. When you have carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, that's that's what c- caused life to happen. I don't know how, like, my craziest thought when it comes to this is, like, how do we, how do you know, like, how do I have thoughts? Like, I, I understand how, like, everything in my body works, but, like, just the thoughts. That's what I'm saying. That's like, the hardest part for me to how understand. Does, how does that come from, like, I can I can maybe understand and fathom how, like, non-self-aware life could, could happen from atoms, collide or whatever you just said I, yeah I don't like, know like, the, like the smallest like cell like the first cell and then yeah that makes sense like maybe yeah. things that don't have emotions or don't have reason or logic or creativity like maybe maybe that might make sense maybe there's a rock that could be created from that or some sort of like physical matter but how does like something with the soul or like 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 love and, and all these things conjure up from from that so, so when it comes to love at least i think that's just neurotransmitters that's just your whole where does our intuition of the law of God come from? Because if if you live in society, if you if you think that laws are based on society, like if I just go and kill you, you can say, well, that's societally, it's been around for a long time. But you don't think that there's any remorse from me killing something if I was... I'm saying you could not have that if certain things were an imbalance. I think, you, like I said, there's people, psychopaths, who just don't see, they don't see it as an issue it's just it's just what they do you don't think there's like one moral law like i think like, i think there is it doesn't mean that 
that it's well, even followed. if they have in if even if they have imbalances, if their imbalances were fixed, all humans theoretically would be the same, and that would have been embedded in us in some way. Who embedded those laws? Like if I just imagine like human beings, if you think about evolution wise, like the most primitive human beings, if they were killing each other, you think that they had any sort of emotion or you think they were just emotionless? No, they definitely had emotions. The thing is... So where does that come from? I'm not trying to like like pressure you. I'm not trying to... I'm humans asking. on humans talking about? Yeah, like let's just say like... I think it's just survival. Back then it was definitely just survival. So, but you just said they had emotions. Yeah, they still had emotions. Doesn't mean. But where do you think that comes from? Like, that's where I, I have like trouble thinking. Like, there's a lot of troubles I have because, whatever. But that's like one of the biggest things is like if it's, if we're just life, actually kind of makes now that sense. I think about it. But how did how did emotions? And I don't. How, how I don't, did feelings conjure up? Like, so okay, so okay, so this is where I think science wise it'll come in. The people who were able to reproduce the most successfully were the ones that ended up, you know, being us. And one way to do it is have attachment, have a, a, a way for me to feel connected to another human being. So I think that's like where a lot of the craziness has been happening even worse and worse. I don't know, if, again, if it's the access to media that we're able to see it more or just because of like the isolation from COVID or whatever it may be, not having that connection with people, whether it be family or friends, um, pulled us out of our element. But back in the day, the evolution is the ones who are able to reproduce the most successfully are the ones who continue to thrive. And eventually that's what happens. So there could have been just like a small change in the DNA that made me feel, uh, more dopamine and whatever endorphins I need to feel in love, the feelings of love. And that made me be a nicer person to you and make me have that connection to you. So because I felt that and people felt like reciprocated it, they might have had like a more successful lineage, and that's the one that reproduced. So, that that's a good way to explain it. Um, how did humans first come about? I think they say fish. No, it's right? a cell. It's a cell. It's a random cell. No, but didn't they say we came from fish in evolution? Aren't we like coming from? I mean, come from if fish? you go all the way down, yeah, like water animals eventually became land animals, and then yeah, yeah. So, how did that? transfer over in the beginning if there was no male and female um i mean there, there's like, still there has to be some sort of still reproduction. people who are asexual people can reproduce not people but animals are asexual or some animals are asexual and they just reproduce how did that transfer into like how did that evolve over time to giving us like giving woman childbearing for example like if they were asexual to start how did it so become? again it's just small changes over many 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 years so but how like how can you explain that i don't understand it i'm just curious I like like if, if, if a cell is asexual that makes sense so, so, so it could replicate itself but, but the thing how is does when it becomes asexual what's the other what's what's like monogamous <laughs> that's a no, different no. term what is the, the term for, <laughs> for sexual sexual okay yeah. so doesn't mean they don't have both sperm and eggs being a sexual, yeah, maybe I should reproduce with myself, but I still have both parts. How did it change over to being sexual? If it was an asexual being, how did it turn? I think it was just a random luck. Just random. Like, she just happens randomly, bro. You have to be able to be okay with that. But why is it not just easier to say, like, not, I'm, not I'm not saying it's easier. I'm not saying, I'm not asking, I'm not telling you. But why is it not just more, like, we feel like we're going down these, like, these But again, this, I think, this, I think this, it's because you want to believe that. So I think you're. You're saying, why can't it just be that? I'm like, it could be. I'm not saying that well, it is that. No, no, no. I'm saying, I wasn't saying that. I was, I was going more towards the fact that 
we're trying to explain all these complicated like things. I know you say you believe in God, but like atheists, hardcore atheists will, will debate you to death on all these different, different nuances of creation and theory and whatever. Why is it not just saying, Hey, we don't know exactly what happened. It makes more sense for there to be a creator that has intelligent design and has implemented all this in the universe and knows what needed to happen when it needed. So again, I think God, letting us have free will and letting the universe have free will is just allowing it to happen. I don't think that's that they're, they don't, they can't happen together. So you, you don't believe in Adam and Eve then I'm assuming, right? I think as a people like actual Adam and Eve who ate an apple. No, I, I'm sure their real names weren't actually Adam. and no, Eve. No, but I'm saying like, as there was an actual Adam and an actual Eve that was made from a rib. Absolutely not. You don't think so? No, you don't think any of the biblical stories are true. I didn't say that. No, I'm asking like like I think you know Cain could have been a person and had the, the, you know whatever, but like um, Noah's Ark, you don't believe uh, um, Jonah and the whale. I think they are more symbolic ideas that are teaching you things in a way. I don't think I don't think I don't know. I don't. I'm not very well versed in it to be like go through a list of all those stories and be like this one's true, this one isn't. I, that's why I don't want to get too into it. No, that's fine. I, but I, I think know. as a whole, I think. A lot of the, a lot of the Bible is more like, here's a story that teaches you what we want you to learn, and names have been tweaked or whatever. But like, I don't know. Could I think there was a big flood? Yeah, I definitely think there's a big flood. Doesn't mean that Noah grabbed two of each animal and put them on the boat. I don't believe that part. Okay, but um, evolution is kind of described in that the remaining creatures who survived, like allowed them to but evolution talks about a changing of species not a changing right evolution uh, we change species so it's just diversity adaptation makes sense if yeah. there was birds that adapted and changed their beaks like you said like maybe certain ones that migrated to a certain area died off if their beaks were shorter and certain had longer beaks if they were longer and then that trait got recessed whatever went Correct. down i just don't i can't understand evolution because we're coming from we came from cells that exploded or whatever the atoms atoms exploded and we came from fish from whatever monkeys that came from fish i that's changing of like kinds i yeah it's nothing nothing's in there i just i saw that like wiggling earlier and i was just like i think it's because of the workout i just i don't know i can't believe that i I don't i don't i mean i I think it's kind of like it's interesting though just because you don't see the earth's curve as a person doesn't mean it's not true Okay. It's just it, you're you're a little speck in this entire timeline oh, yeah, that we're in, sure. so we can well, never see that. That's why. Ever. That's why I I say I give it more up to like a higher power. I'm just like I don't. I'd rather not try to get into the nuances of creation of the universe because any scientist today will probably be outdone in a thousand years by tenfold. They'll probably know infinitely more in a thousand years than we do now. The things that we know nowadays, they're probably gonna laugh at us. And say these people believe this crazy yeah, stuff. I agree with that. So no, 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 but I don't think. And that's what that's what that's what kind of blows my mind is that God has never, God. And I know you believe in God, but people that don't believe in God, God is technically never ever changing. He's the same God, but science has always changed. So all the stuff that we know nowadays. So I, again, I work, think I think because of the fact that you, I don't know if you don't have faith in the scientific method, but I the, do, I do. But I'm saying, like, so for me, it's like, but we can't test evolution. Yeah, you can. I don't think so. That's what you I'm saying. You don't, you don't think so, but, but you, you can. can. Uh, not really, though. Yeah, you can't see it in motion, but you can see. You have to have faith in the scientific method. You have to have faith in science. You have to have faith in something that you can that you can't see, reproduce, and like 
test and see it happening. We can't. You can see, see we, you can see it on the, on well, on bacteria and other things that have very high reproduction rates. Yeah, but you can see it. There's different from human beings that have emotions and feelings. Yeah, but again, because like, you can't makes, live a million it, years it to makes, see it. But it makes sense that it might happen on non like life that doesn't have uh, autonomy or whatever. Like, there's certain terms. I I'm, I don't know what they are. Autonomy, sentient, like. Like like, we have souls. Like there's something different about human beings than than uh, a piece of bacteria, right? Or we're I think I think bacteria. Yeah, I think again or, that's or, just a very lower down standpoint of the evolutionary chain. So again, the, like we, I think humans have thrived because our brains got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then our bigger brains allowed us to have more emotions. Which again, that was part of the reason why we were so successful was being connected to people and helping each other. And then also it served for like negative effects. But when you study like the biology of like the men and the women and why they were created was like, they had to have certain roles to be able to be successful. (laughs) Gender roles. Correct. So (laughs) back then it was a lot more um, necessary because you were, there was no real way. Like we're very comfortable now, you know, we have it the easiest we've ever had in our lifetimes, especially being in America you're not struggling with the things that you struggled with even 200 years ago or yeah. 400 years ago, whatever it was. Um, and even thousands of years ago. Right. So because of the fact that we're more relaxed, I feel like gender roles can be a little more fluid. I, I mean, this is a view I don't think you know yet, but like I'm starting to come back to like, I feel like people can have their views on gender roles and what their role is, but I think it's just like who you're with. And I think that, I don't think there's necessarily gender roles, but I think there's roles that people can play better than others. That's I think it. I think that I think you're right. And I think it's healthier sometimes. As long as, but again, it's it's just as long as you both agree. Like if you both think that the gender roles don't matter, as long as you both agree in it, and then you guys are both together, then it doesn't matter because you're both are happy with that same view. But if you come into a relationship expecting you are going to do that and I'm going to do this, but the other one doesn't view it the same, then that's not going to work out just because the fact that you guys don't agree on the same view. That's true. You'll see it though. You'll see like. Go, it always goes back to what we were embedded in thousands of years of, yeah, of us. Yeah, but that's if there's couples. Again, but you don't want to see that. If there's, what do you mean? That's that's part of the reason why we're successful. Like if you look back that far back. But I don't think that's that's necessarily true. Because I, I just have the disconnect of where we change species from other species or other ent- uh, entities. So you can't see us being apes? No, I can't. I used to be able to, like, before I, like, really thought about it. I feel like even it. apes that high up, I do think they have a soul. I, I, I definitely yeah, think they have souls. I don't think that they have the same type of reasoning and logic that a human would have to create an application that can send you real-time updates of when your food's going to come. Correct. But then again, again, that's just because we're that little speck on this timeline. Just like you can't, like, just like, I bet you, like you said, like, People are going to look back down on us and be like, they thought that back in the day, you, the same thing's going to happen a million years in the future. That doesn't have anything to do with the brain changing. It has to do with the information that we're getting. Yeah, it does. I don't think so. You're, I'm saying a thousand years and you're saying millions of years. I don't think this planet is going to be around for millions of years. I think. I mean, because of climate change or what? (laughs) You can get into that too, man. Oh no. (laughs) I got to get, we got to get working out. You got stuff to do, but I mean, it's been a great conversation. I wish we had done this earlier so we could do it like earlier in this year. So we could do another one, but we'll do one when we get back. But yeah, I mean, I think we both 
have our beliefs and I'm not trying to instill my beliefs on you. I just want people to believe in a higher power. That's the first place. It's like some people that don't believe in a higher power is I think my mind. I think the my smallest issue is not really an issue because again it's your life. I think I think you seeing that I think like they're exclusive for you where like you don't think that no people I, I, can believe there's a God if they believe in evolution. No, I mean I don't think that's true at all. I think that if you believe in evolution and you have a really good reason of why you believe in evolution, that's up to you. I just can't fathom the fact that I'm here. I'm going somewhere when I die, I believe. I have a soul, and I just came from an accident in the universe. I feel like there had to be some sort but of again, intelligence. But again, you don't have to see it as an accident. You just, it could have been God who made that happen. And yeah, if you do but, that, he's still part of but that. But God doesn't preach evolution. There's signs in the fact that God created human beings as human beings and other things as other things. I think, you I know? don't know. I think... So I think you're because if we were just if, if we were just apes and we were really just apes and why do we have any sort of like like I should be able to go around and do whatever I want without any consequences I'm just an animal, you know why do we set laws into place? We're just animals at the end of the day. There should be no sort of society, societal structure. It should just be a free for all, you know, right? Like if we're just animals, apes they fight each other, kill each other, rape each other. It's it's brutal in the wild. I okay, think, so so I think just how you're studying the Bible. I think you should study I've scientific to, I, lab I've, reports. I just don't trust man that much. I don't really care like enough to. That's what I'm saying that that's again to like I I try to see. But both why views. why do you? I understand that. But I if I have not learned the Bible fully, I feel irresponsible. I'm going deep in it. Like I'm every day I, here. I I don't like to show people too much, but I'll show you after. Um, I've been like journaling about it for like. Every, I've been trying. I'm trying to read the entire Bible and write at least two or three good paragraphs of reflection. Maybe not that much every day, but uh, I just almost done with the New Testament, uh, going to the Old Testament. And I, I want to be able to grow in that because that's, there's so much wisdom in the Bible. It's crazy. The, the book has so much stuff that's so relevant to today. It's the best self-help book that there ever, ever I, existed. I think, so going back to that, I think this is your choice to do that. And this is because you want that to be a thing. That's where like the faith comes in. I think, I don't think there's anything wrong to look at the other side. And I feel like you're like, I want to believe this. So I'm going. No, full I, in. Don't, I don't think there's anything wrong to look at the other side. I just, even before I got super close with God, I, I just, I, we've always walked in, in God in our life. We, our families were very religious. I've known God since I was a, a young child, but it's just all the, this and that, and then this has to do this and this has to do that. That just fits perfectly. I just so much easier and just so much more likely for me, at least to be like, God did this. God did it this way. He said it was happened this way, and that's that's what it is. Evolution just doesn't make it. Doesn't make logical sense to me. It really doesn't. Aside from God, it just doesn't make much sense that we came from nothing. Essentially, really, we came from nothing. Came from an accident. It's kind of depressing too, you know. I don't think it's depressing at all. I think it's amazing. I think it's beautiful, and that's why I think there's a God. Uh, well, so you you don't believe in because I don't know. It's clear how God created the universe in both books. Okay. I don't think I think again, like it goes back to the same story of how you interpret it, just how the stories of Adam and Eve and coming from a rib. I don't think that's necessarily true, Okay, but I think it's a symbolism for something else and deeper. And I think when it comes to the clearness of them in both Bibles, I think it's the symbolism of what evolution is. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I don't have the 
we'll come back and talk about this in 10 years. You do your research, I'll do mine. I already have my research. I have to study the Bible more so I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Let me, do my, do let me do my research. Um, but yeah, it's been a good podcast, bro. Thank you for all your knowledge. I was going to say something that I forgot. Are you going to come to one of my classes in seven months whenever I come back? What classes? Jiu-Jitsu, man. I invite you oh, every yeah. single week. Well, I didn't do it every week, but you're always open invite. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I really want to commit to doing that type of stuff. I don't want to just half. I'll tell you it. what, the earlier you start, the better. And I think, I know, but I, I think with your style of workouts, it's going to be like, it's going to like, I, I know you're like doing very challenging things that are completely different than what you're used to. So like when it comes to yeah. that, oh, workouts, for sure. it's very different than like building mass. It's more of like longevity and like jujitsu. The fact that I'm older, I'm just like, I wish I started younger. So my muscles and flexibility and all these things are different. I will. I promise you, I will do it before I turn 25, which is next year. The reason is that if I'm going to put time into it, I just, I can't find, I can't find a couple hours just, and I never want to give up like workout bodybuilding. That's just my like bread and butter, you know? So bodybuilding is your thing, not necessarily like strength or it's bodybuilding is what you like. It's just, which I'm not against it. I just, no, I think no, no, that's no. what you, I, I think I, that is what you like though. I think that's like, it's like, cause like you were doing powerlifting for a while, but it's body, not bodybuilding. Bodybuilding right? is like the, the core, like if I don't hit a muscle group, at least once a week, I feel like I've not done enough. And that's like my, that's my foundation. Like I have to hit everything at least once a week. Everything else I do after that, the Ironman training, the boxing training, um, even when I was doing some powerlifting stuff, like that always came secondary. Like I have to hit every, like that's just my thing. I love it. I love doing it because I feel like I'm working out the whole body. Nothing is like lacking. You so know? I think, so when it comes to bodybuilding, the reason why it's bodybuilding is because it's the most inefficient way to use your muscles because you're all the isolations and Probably. all that stuff. So I'm not saying it's bad. It's great for what you want to do is just build the muscles and grow that certain group. But when it comes to like just everyday life, it's like what That's people probably call one functional of the worst, training. The worst things you can do. Yeah. It, Cause what you do is like you're teaching your mind and body to move just that one muscle. Yeah. So when you're moving in life, muscles aren't working together. Oh yeah. As you're, easily. You're hundred percent. So right. That's like where the whole functional training That's crap why comes in. Bodybuilders that walk around, they look like, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's kind of why I'm transitioning into more of like hybrid training because though I'm not like f smooth and fluid, which I think jujitsu would teach you a lot of that. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's more, more of just, um, I don't want to talk about functional training, but just when it comes to jujitsu, you're using every single body part and every small little muscle, even though you're not technically hitting that one group, I feel like, I don't know. It, it's, uh, what's his face um anthony bourdain said it best i think it's like putting yourself through like putting yourself into something you don't know anything about and starting from zero is one of the most humbling experiences in your life oh it is and so like being able to like walk into a, a jiu-jitsu spot and like learn something that you might know how to throw someone in the ground from wrestling or whatever it was that i had like prior knowledge from but like my cousin you ever speak to peter yeah. Peter is really close to um, Guillermo. So he does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and in Peru and Brazil, and he's lived abroad. He's gone to Dubai recently to compete and everything. But he's really big into it, and he, he describes it very beautifully. It's like it's playing chess with your body, and you have to outthink the other person. Every little move, there's a counter move, and you want to get certain reactions from certain people. So you have to either fake certain things. It's, I guess it's like boxing too, but it's just like, boxing it's like feints and like more punching you only have to worry i mean you have to worry about feet too 
but like it's more you're seeing only hands coming towards you whereas jiu-jitsu can be very slow no it's tough i know it's one of the toughest things if not and that, that's my hardest thing i'm like i'm overthinking everything i'm like i don't even know I know what I want to do, but I don't know the steps to get there. And that's why I don't want to half-ass it. I want to, like, actually do it because I don't want to, like, make any goals on camera, but I do want to, like, progress in that realm. But right now I'm more focused on how much torture can I apply to my body before I absolutely I would say collapse. that, I don't know. I feel maybe because I'm older or maybe it's jiu-jitsu. I don't know exactly what it is. But right now when it comes to, like, my days in the gym, it's more for longevity. I want to make sure that I can continue to do what I want to do and stay active longer. Sure. And I feel like I just the bodybuilding and the power lifting that I was doing in the past was not that for me. My 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 thing is like, well, that's what I'm saying. I want to torture my body and push it to the absolute yeah, like, extremes because it I want scares to, me. That's what I'm saying. It scares no, me because I mean, obviously my cousin and yeah. we care about each other, but. No. I mean, and I like it because it inspires me to push myself. But I'm not, I mean, I'm not taking like steroids or anything. I'm not, I'm not saying that. my body in that type of harm, but it's more of like, if I can run a hundred miles, like what other things can I do? Like just thinking about it, even now thinking about it, that I'm going to run a hundred miles next March is kind of blows my is mind. That the nonstop thing that, uh, Goggins did or I have a, or I, is that the every four hours? No, 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 no. A hundred like straight. Um, I didn't tell you. I remember you were thinking about it, but you didn't tell me you were doing it. I thought we talked about this. Maybe I talked to someone else about Probably this. Probably Camilo because he's the runner. No, I, I told someone today. I don't remember who. I thought I just told you. This guy in my church, and we'll close out with this because I, I know you have to go and I got to go. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be done at 10 o'clock. Um, this guy in my church, his son passed away in the army. His son's best friend has been running races since he died. And his son's friend started doing this 100-mile race in North Carolina, which is right where my grandpa lives in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Outer Banks, and they were talking stuff at church, and the guys, the guy whose son died, he was telling me about it, and I was saying, oh, yeah, I'm doing Ironman. He's like, you should sign up for the 100-mile race. And I was like, well, that is a goal of mine. I do want to try to run 100 miles straight at one point, and he slowly but surely convinced me to sign up for the race. So next March, I'm going to run 100 miles, the Outer Banks. Um, it's like, what, 10 months away? Thirty, Yeah, 31, mi- 31 hours is the cutoff. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. I have a friend of mine who did it. He had to stop at like 64 miles. Up. 31 I'm, hours is all you get? Yeah. I'm probably more likely to fail, fail the race than I am to finish it, but I'm going to try my best to finish the race. Um, and, and I know that once once I get to that level of, like, torture and pain, like, what else is, like, anything else that I'm going to put myself through? Like, how hard is a chest workout? It's fucking easy. How hard is lifting 600 pounds deadlift? It's fucking simple. Actually, I'm, I'm doing the math. I think that's not that's – not, Unlikely. No, three, three miles yeah, an hour. Yeah, it's, it's about you three miles walk. an hour. You can almost walk some parts of it. Yeah, You can walk the whole thing if you want. Yeah, okay, so you could probably do it. It'll, it'll be non-stop walking for yeah. 31 hours. And I mean, we're going to... I don't know if you're used to like standing up eating, but like I'm used to that crap. Like I just... I can eat as I walk and it doesn't bother me at all. So I'm probably going to try to run... I'm going to do a 50-miler this, this summer. I'm going to try to do a 50-mile straight. What I've heard is that the more you can get to the 100 especially for someone with my mindset, the better off you'll be because the more you start taking breaks or slowing down, the harder it's going to be to keep it up. But no, I'm not going to run 100 miles straight. It's probably impossible for someone like myself. Yeah. I'm not training for it like crazy. There's guys that will run 150 miles no, and not stop. There's guys that run, there's the world records 350 miles, 81 hours straight, the guy who ran. It's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting, but I love it. And uh, it's, it's for challenging. Your viewers, I hate it's, running. It's different. It's it. it's different because I I'm one extreme where it's like building my body, and another extreme is like breaking my body down. A lot of the Ironman stuff and running is very 
opposite of what bodybuilders do. I'm just trying to bridge the gap and do something different. And, and then when I'm done, I'll, I would love to get into jujitsu because I know that that's like the bodybuilding makes you look good, right? The running and Ironman stuff really tests your mind and your body's ability to endure pain and jujitsu test your mind, but in more of like a strategic way in combat sports in general, but jujitsu, I've, what I've heard is like the most. So I'd like to get all, yeah, like I think, my feet in all. I think you'll be surprised that the mental toughness it takes, not just like the Spartans, but just the toughness it takes to do jujitsu. So I think it'll be like similar to the Ironman too, where like, but it's not, it's not in terms of like the hours, like imagine like hours training, 20 or? hours straight of just running for 20 hours. Like just know the pure torture of like just running. What, you're talking about Iron Man? Or talking about, about the 100-mile like run? Or, or even Iron Man. Iron Man is like 10, 12 hours of oh, straight, okay. continuous exercise. It's tough. And how, much, how much is Iron Man again? 10 miles uh, swimming or something no, like that? Two, 20 two miles? And a, two and a half miles swimming, 112 miles bike ride, and 26-mile uh, uh, run. 26-mile? That's, oh, and yeah. that's the thing. It's like, it's. I know jiu-jitsu and boxing, obviously, way more dangerous. Like, you can die in the boxing ring. I don't know if you could die in jiu-jitsu, but... It's like no, it's very nasty. You you can you're out within five minutes. Like in the no matches, there's 20, 30 minute matches, like nonstop. Okay, but the thing is, but twenty thirty. I minutes. agree that yours is a lot. I'm, I'm longer. Not, I'm not even saying that. I'm mine's more difficult. Anyone who trains for any level of jujitsu tournament is probably training ten times I just harder. Want to move. That's all I care about. But, people moving yeah. and being happy with their movements. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, I want to switch. I would like to like be able to dabble in every single thing and be able to eventually over the next 30 or 40 years of my life, be able to kind of like slowly master certain areas and get like pretty good at everything. Do you think, Black uh, I guess we're getting into this, I'm sorry, but um, do you think people should focus on like two or three things and become experts at them or it's okay to be like, okay and average on a lot of things? Because I feel like I like, like I said, I like trying new things and, and getting into them but i feel like what's the purpose of that if if it's not just for the experience like there's no real could, could you consider that time wasted yeah i mean a lot of people recommend just to get into like one or two things and get really good at them which is amazing but i've just never had that type of like that's just not my personality i'm not i know i'm not going to be mr olympia one day nor do i want to i know i'm not going to be it doesn't mean that you can't be an expert. You know a lot about bodybuilding. You know a lot about yeah, but what I'm, works and what doesn't work. And I'm not. Stuff. I'm not. If I'm not going to be the number one best, then I don't even want to. I don't want to do it. Like that's my mindset. I'd rather just go do other things and enjoy other things. And I think life, like you get a lot of. I get a lot out of like just doing all these things. Because if I didn't get into like bodybuilding or powerlifting or getting into the boxing scene, if I didn't get into the endurance scene, I've met so many people doing all these things. Like I've met, met made friendships that like last me a lifetime. And I'll unlock more with doing jujitsu, um, and that's that's really it. What's I mean, it's not too hard to juggle to juggle combat sports, weightlifting because weightlifting you can break it down to bodybuilding or powerlifting, and then doing something endurance. Right? That's only three things. You're just doing different specializations in those three things. You know, yeah. um, what's the purpose of life? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Enjoy it. That's it. That's all. I mean, if you want to talk about like a non-religious standpoint, yeah, just enjoy it and just. I mean, you can be whatever you think. Work hard is. for me. the The point of life is just live within God's law and be a good person, be around my family, and push my body to the extreme. That's it. Okay. Number one is just. I think if you follow what the Bible tells you to do as a man, you kind of go and do a lot of different really important things. Like, have you ever read the Proverbs before? 
you should I've, read I've it. Read you, you, sh- them, you should read I it because it's re- like I, I just it, you're a man now. Like I'm, I feel like I'm a man now, even though I've been a man. You've been a man. If you read Proverbs, you're like, damn, this is some wise stuff. Like like even going down to like stay away from women that are like like a bad woman can ruin you because it's true. I mean, whether you want to say that's misogynistic like, or whatever, it put the fruits like. You put rotten fruit in your other fruit, or it'll contaminate it. So you're, I think it's, that translated to like, if you're with a bad person, you can also get. Spoiled. But you can agree that I don't know if maybe you won't agree, but a woman can can really ruin your whole. I wouldn't say life. a woman. I think anyone that you're close to, and if you're if your partner, yeah, but a, is wo- that. a woman is someone that you share a bed with. I could be really close to you, and you're not. Gay. Gonna... If you're a okay. guy, and a, a guy, guy, okay, whatever. A sexual partner, someone that you're intimate with. That's what I'm saying. I think it's anybody. If it's somebody you're close to that you devote yourself to, they can make it worse. Just like six closest people that you're with are, to, are who you are. It's who you're going to become. So if you surround yourself with successful people or people who are loving, people of the church, you're going to be more of that person. That's true. So you got to be careful about who you let in. Yeah, that's true. But I agree. The ones you're closest to, which tends to be your partner, would definitely do that. Yeah. I don't think a woman necessarily, but... For me, it would probably be a woman. Yes, <laughs> you're right. If you're, I mean, you can just think about the other side. If you're a woman and you're with a bad man, it's yeah, you know, it is what it is. Anyways, thank you guys for listening to the podcast, Sergio. It's been a blast, bro. We talked so long. It's gonna be a really good one, a uh, really long one. Um, something to remember, and hopefully, we'll be able to do it again. Um, stay safe on your travels. I don't know if we're gonna work out after this, um, but I hope you have a, a really good time in Nantucket. And I'm sure I'll be probably maybe going to see you. I'm not sure yet, but I'll definitely call you or definitely text you and while he hangs out with like the billionaires and stuff. Um, so any, any last, any last words? Um, I guess tell your future son, say hi. Sure. Uh, I guess just love each other, man. Just be kind. You don't know what people are going through. That's true. And that's, I think that's the point of life is to share experiences and love one another. That's true. That's all. Be a good person. Yeah. Right. Be a good person. That's it. Yep. Thank you, Matthew, for having me. No, oh, thank you, bro. Hey, I appreciate thank you guys it. for listening to this podcast. Old school Matt, Sergio Vera, Sir Jizzle. Another buff talk. Have a good night.